think the wrong guy won? This is bullshit! Everybody screwed me! I don't like him, I don't trust him, and I don't believe him. You know, a lot of people don't agree with my lifestyle, but it is mine. It's a phony little sh**. Just because I come out here and choose to live my life openly and freely does not make you a better man. I don't respect you. understand what it means to have dignity, to have poise, to bring prestige to the World Wrestling Federation. I do this because I like it. You do it because in your mind, Mark Man, you really think all of this is yours. It's all about you are a zero, my hero. You're a disgrace to professional wrestling. The heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, is the icon that can still go. You're nothing but a degenerate. Who is the show stopper? Me, the lowest form of skull. Who is the main event? Me. Let's settle the score right here, right I'm now. Super kid. There's gonna be one foot down yours! I'm gonna kick your little scrawny ass! And now, Milton Bradley's Electronic Karate Fighters presents the 1997 Survivor Series. Now that you're out of my life, I'm so much better. You thought that I'd be weak without you, but I'm stronger. You thought that I'd be broke without you, but I'm richer. You thought that I'd be sad without you. To another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I am intern Alex, joined as always by the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, it has been yet another week in the world of professional wrestling. What do you bring to the news table this week, Patrick? First of all, I want to thank all the fans, family members, all the uh, the locker rooms around the country and the world thanking me on my birthday, my 28th birthday. So thank you for all the wishes on Facebook and on the uh, Retro Wrestling Podcast Facebook and tweet, uh, Twitter account. Uh, also, at a house show, an NXT house show, yes, Nakamura wins. They're over in Osaka, Japan. Wins the NXT title. So, uh, at a house show, really. You don't it's normally, the second time that's happened in NXT. Right. But, I mean, other than that other time, 
you don't really when was the last title change at a house show not on the main roster i uh, mean the last title change on the house show i can think of was when diesel beat bob backland for the title in in mere seconds at madison square garden i think in wcw sean waltman won a belt like in vegas at a house show one time and i'm sure it's happened other times since then it's probably happened and then they flopped it back before they got back on tv so right. you never knew you never happened. knew so we've got that we've also well got they're in japan they're in japan so they want to promote their big japanese star so why not well, he's in his hometown too i mean yeah. osaka japan is where he's from so i hope that this means samoa joe's headed to the main roster soon because he's wasting his time down there in nxt that, w- that would be awesome he's not getting any younger patrick no and no. I would love to see a Brock Lesnar-Samoa Joe match. That's one of my dream matches. I know you hate Brock, but I would love to see those I would two like big to guys see, do it. For New Japan wrestling fans, I'd like to see Nakamura and AJ Styles again. That's a rematch that I think needs to happen in a WWE ring. And hopefully it will eventually. Yeah. You know, as a touring brand, they have to keep these guys down there for a while so they can draw money because right. even though it's called developmental, you know, unknown stars don't draw. So right. you have to have one or two big stars like, you know, Asuka or whatever, she's going to be there forever at this rate because they haven't grown their female talent down there enough to support. There's no other person to give this belt to to bring her well, that's up. That's the thing. So. I mean, they had to bring in Mickey James just to do the... Uh, Takeover Toronto. Yeah, just to do that pay-per-view. And so, yeah. it. Uh, I mean... they got to figure this out. They're not growing talent quick enough, really and truly. And they're jumping the gun on bringing talent that they do have down there up well but if you look at that's probably why they're hesitant to develop talent quicker though is because if you look at the recent nxt additions to the roster i mean they've had a really tough time getting over i mean other than enzo and Cass, this year nxt additions i mean goodness where to start the vaude villains they fall i mean two years ago with the the ascension yeah the ascension have just completely fallen down to house shows to my i think american alpha is really struggling at the moment yeah i can't think of uh, a big win outside of i think carmella's doing okay for the women on smackdown and and bailey's doing okay but she's boy this we'll get into that in a minute about this women's title on raw yeah uh, yeah that's i think really slowed her down a bit like you said the you also have uh, Finn Balor, who they brought up. Well, he just ran into some bad luck. Right. But he got a great push. He got a great push. He got Roman Reigns' really push in re- three weeks, Yeah, basically. I really thought that, you know, here we are. We finally got an NXT star that's, you know, showing up, and he's going to take names and kick ass, and he got hurt. So it's... um. But Kevin Owens has benefited from that now. He has, So, and, and which I love Owens as champion. I'm so happy to see Kevin Owens finally get his just due because it's long been deserved. But, uh, but, yeah, there's something going on down there with NXT. NXT, apparently, there was a, uh, at this exact same show, there was a, they were doing a taping for NXT, or it couldn't be this, it could have been like the next night or whatever, but an NXT taping, which resulted in a uh, power double powerbomb, where one man, it was a tag team, one man got powerbombed, I don't know names, I don't know details to this much, I've seen the video, one man got powerbombed, the uh, other, his teammate got powerbombed on him, but instead of doing it safely, like on the ribcage or something like that, they powerbombed him clean on his head. Wow. Like So he, him and his tag team partner just slammed heads, and they immediately the ref had to stop in, you know, stop the the fight and uh, or stop the match and and get in there. And apparently there was stitches and and all kinds of stuff details that went up. But there's a lot of people that are that are angry. I don't know a lot of details about it. I know you'll probably know a lot quicker than I will. In result to the uh, the outrage at the NXT these NXT kids. 
because, uh, you know, WWE is pretty big on the whole powerbomb things at straws. And now you've got kids out there trying to do it. And Well, they WWE has brought the powerbomb back, but it's usually done in pretty safe manners for right. the most part. I mean, Kevin Owens' pop-up powerbomb is one of the safest moves. Oh, I agree. And, you know, and, you know Roman Reigns, you know, when he does it, when you had the shield powerbomb, it was done safely. Yeah. This was just bad, bad calling. Done wrong a powerbomb, I think, withdrawals we've seen can really hurt and harm some harm you in a, in a very serious, dangerous way, which any move can, but... Oh, messing with... Yeah, the neck is the most... Right. Serious place so, to get uh, dropped. Uh, and a lot of people were outraged, and um, I, I hope maybe we'll find out more details about it. Uh, a lot of people went to fa- uh, social media saying that they hope they don't show that shit on TV and stuff like that. So, As well as, now we have Amy Schumer and Chris Jericho sharing tweets back and forth talking about how they look a lot alike and they're planning on a WWE movie. So, Well, she she used to date Dolph Ziggler, so she has really? a connection to the business, yes. Okay. And she so she likes wrestling, so. Right. She dated uh, or she showed a uh, a picture of Chris Jericho from Smoky Mountain Wrestling, a very young Chris Jericho and with her side by side and believe it or not they look a lot alike so well, they had uh, beautiful golden locks back yeah, in the day yeah so um we go on the rock is the first wrestler since hulk hogan to be on the cover of sports illustrated as well as within the same week he was people magazine's sexiest man alive so yeah, he's having a good year. He is having a hell of a year, and he and his Disney movies getting ready to come out. Oh yeah, this, so, oh it's uh, out, Moana. Okay, yeah. People are saying it's going to break the uh, the revenue record set by Frozen. So that's gonna. I mean, Frozen that's, was a monster for and Disney. It was yeah, and the kids loved it. And yeah. So, so if this breaks that record, I mean, man, this guy. It's just amazing. He's got the Midas touch, man. Everything he touches turns to gold. Well, lately. he's had some misses in there, but well, the last but, few years, he's really gotten this thing on track. Yeah. I move on to Sasha Banks, Monday night. Charlotte, North Carolina, Monday night raw. They just can't help themselves, Patrick. We thought, hell in a cell, that's it. Now we've got this. This is it. We're going to end this feud. You had Mick Foley come out. We're going to end this feud. We're going to do this. Is this feud ever going to end? Because I don't really see that they have anybody else to step in there. And I'm not, I think, no, I'm not I think, knocking Bailey on that. I'm just saying, like... No, I think that this... They're going to spin off into different feuds now. I think this is it for a little while. But I think by the time it's WrestleMania time, I think we're right back to this. I think it's going to yeah. be... They've got to spin Charlotte off into a feud where she can keep this pay-per-view winning streak alive. Right. And then get to WrestleMania. And then it's Sasha who goes to break her streak or whatever. This is stupid booking, Patrick. Yeah. This women's title isn't even a year old yet. Right. And it's already changed hands between these two four times. Yeah. In addition to that, they just can't help themselves when it comes to booking people to lose in their hometown. They just cannot resist it. This woman's name is Charlotte. She is named after the place that she was wrestling in. And not only do they have her lose, but they have Ric Flair go out and hold Sasha Banks' hand. Like, you can believe that. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. This guy who loves his daughter enough to walk around with her for two years, he's going to go out there and raise Sasha Banks' hand at the end of it. Give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. Sasha Banks will go into Anaya Jack's program, and I think Charlotte is going to have Bailey for a few months here. I think that's okay. the direction that they're going to go. They only have a couple more weeks till their pay per view, so we're going to see do. what they I do. Mean, in, in, I think this is the perfect time to go ahead and talk about it uh, with 
TLCs tonight. Carmella? Carmella. That's it. Carmella and Nikki Bella. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a hot feud right now on the SmackDown side of it. That's, yeah, Carmella's been doing a great job yeah. on the microphone. On the um, microphone. She gets on. She gets in there and she talks shit and she can back it up. Well, and it, it incorporates things that happen on Total Bellas and Total Divas. So these are known to fans of the product. So her insults are still grounded in kayfabe in some way. Like, they're still grounded in the WWE universe. So when she tells Nikki and gets on to her about, ah, John Cena's never going to marry you or whatever, like, stuff like that, it's it's great. I think yeah. it works. It's very effective. It's... it's uh it's the first big blow that I think since we've had Miz and Dean Ambrose on Talking Smack that where they get out there and now they're there. So whatever they're doing on SmackDown, which I don't get to catch it that often, but whatever they're doing, man, it's working. It's really it's it's catching fire fast. Well, I think it also helps that SmackDown's two hours and that these segments are condensed. Where right. Because if it runs too long, then then you lose you lose focus. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, that match tonight and uh, the uh, the Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles match. Other than those two, I don't care about this card. This is a yeah. skippable show, and that's what happens when you have 19 pay per views a year. And so you're going to have we just two weeks ago with Survivor Series. Yeah. I mean, well, Carmella uh, showed up and pretty much made a statement. Listen, and she does, man. She's got a hell of a black eye from Nikki from Tuesday night and uh, she's like I'm, I'm here you want to talk about being famous I'm going to make you famous tonight and so like you know it's, it's almost like an eye for an eye thing so after we get done here I'm definitely going to get on the network and, and watch this match because this is going to be intense I think it's going to yeah those are the two matches I'll go back and watch but as far as watching them in real time sorry I'm yeah. just I'm out yeah. tonight the uh, who's your pick then for that AJ Dean Ambrose oh Dean Ambrose is going to uh to lose again. I, I'm sorry. That was a, a. I should have said AJ Styles is definitely going to retain this belt. Yeah, I gonna, agree. It's not. It's not going around the waist of of, uh, of anybody else for a while. Yeah, not until there's. I I really I. <laughs> you're going to say no. There's not a chance in hell. But I see James Ellsworth winning against AJ Styles for the title. No, I don't. I don't see that happening. That would be a very big mistake. That would be, to me, almost as bad as them putting the belt on David Arquette. Now, David Arquette was not a wrestler; he was an actor, so it's not as bad, but it's still pretty bad. I mean, even though James Ellsworth has you know years and years of wrestling experience, but that doesn't mean you can just come in here and take our belt. Right. I say that they let Goldberg walk in after 15 years or whatever, and just do and destroy their top guy. So maybe. Maybe your thought is, I, I called you crazy about Goldberg winning that match, and you proved me wrong, so maybe you'll prove me wrong again. Well, I mean, you brought up Goldberg-Lesnar. We have an uh, interview with Paul Heyman Monday night where he basically says Lesnar's in the Rumble. Yeah, but I don't I don't see either of these two winning the Rumble. I see this. We're going to see him in Orlando. I've got a good feeling we're going to see the part three of this trilogy in Orlando. You think for so? For WrestleMania, yes. I see them eliminating each other or maybe Goldberg. Well, I mean, what are they going to have? Goldberg beat him a third time? No, I think Brock will finally you get the Brock win. You think Brock will finally get over and that'll be? Okay. That'll be the end of it. All right. Unless, I mean, Goldberg might like making this money, so who knows? Right, you know. He's the top baby face I mean, on Raw at the moment, so. My last one is a UFC fighter, Chell Sonnen. Yes, Chell Sonnen. Has a podcast, radio show, whatever. and Yeah, who listens to those? Gets out there. Well, ours is the only one that's actually worth something. Gets out there 
and blasts Big, Big Van Vader and calls him a thief and a scumbag for not, not showing up for his radio show. He gets on air, says, this guy is nothing but a carny and a flake. He was writing me like he was drunk, illiterate, dumb, or just getting ready to set me up from the jump. Whatever the fuck that means. I have news for you, this Chelsonen asshole. Big Van Vader has done more in this company and in fighting than you will ever do. Okay? I don't give a shit. You're, you made your name on Anderson Silva carrying you through a bout and then losing. Alright? If you have a problem with me, you are more than welcome to hit me up at RetroWrestlingPodcast.com Twitter, Facebook, whatever. But I intend to publicly let you know right now that you are full of shit. Plain and simple. And you need to stick with your MMA and stay the hell out of WWE or pro wrestling. I wouldn't take it so personal, Patrick. I do. I take it very personal, man. Chel Sonnen is a known shit talker. He loves to stir the well, shit up. That's more than what, I mean, that's fine. Not a problem. But, I mean, to an extent, that's a little bit ridiculous. Well, and also, if you're planning a podcast for the day and you plan it around a guest and then the guest cancels on you, I can see why you, you'd be upset. If you can't get on there and be professional and say, you know what, he wasn't able to come, there was flights, there was, you know, his his flight, something, and leave it professional like that right there instead of being a scumbag asshole like he is, like what he's saying Vader is, you know, dude. Uh, he's just stirring some shit up, man. No, here's my thing. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck just you. Just like you're stirring some shit up. I'm, I'm going to stir shit up because he's more than welcome to come to Chattanooga, Tennessee and say this to my face. Fuck you. Plain and simple. Uh, I did miss one here. Uh, apparently, due to the sun.com, hospice has has been called in for the mental health deterioration of Jimmy Superfly Snuka. They're saying that he possibly may even only have six months to live. Oh, so terrible stuff. That is. That is sad, man. But to put it in perspective of what... Mr. Snooka is accused of doing several years ago. It, it's look any. I don't want anybody to be sick. But no. Well, I mean, I wanted to put it like this. Of course, for what he is being accused of, it, I agree. But Jimmy Superfly Snooka, it was gave us great moments. True legend. Oh, inspired McFoley. Yeah, I mean, he made that know, dive. Uh, you know, and that dive actually, to my knowledge, was was it. The very first top rope, or top first well-known instance okay. of that happening, I okay. would say. Yeah. So, uh, and that was, I mean, big feud with Dom Morocco, and uh, and so, anyway, just um, you know, sad to hear a legend, you know, suffering. suffering. Yeah, yeah, because he probably doesn't have a lot of money. None, none of these old school guys have any money, and so it's just sad. Yeah. It, you know, the business takes a lot out of you, yeah. and so it's it's definitely sad. So I, I hope that that's incorrect and i hope mr snook is around for, yeah. for a while that's i do too i do too so uh i wanted to mention a couple more things before we move on from the news segment even though we're running long on the news segment 205 live premiere this week i did not watch it i didn't either uh but they did take the belt off the brian kendrick rich swan is your new cruiserweight champion i guess they wanted to pop this first episode so right. they wanted to take the belt up but just like the the women's title on raw this thing changes now oh it's gonna swap tomorrow night on nitro on nitro on raw so i mean and they still haven't done a good job of establishing these characters like they're just random cruiserweights right they go out there and we need to we need to have some sort of a backstory i mean it worked yeah the the cwc had some backstory elements to it and yeah 
Well, and just the match quality was so great that even for the lack of backstory, it could make up for it. But when you you send them out there, by the way, they also canceled Superstars, which I'm pissed about because Superstars, when I would miss Raw, I could watch Superstars and get the the few the two or three key segments, right? Plus a couple of dark matches and see people that you never see on the main shows anymore, right? They canceled Superstars, so now they're tape, so they're doing 205 Live instead. So I'm kind of bummed about that. They're sending these guys on after SmackDown too, so some of the crowd, the crowd's just tired by then, yeah. Or the crowd's just going home because they don't know these people. Yeah. So this is a tough spot for the cruiserweights to be in. So I hope that they can figure this out, yeah. eventually, because they've got a lot of great talent. Especially uh, Jack Gallagher, you got to keep your keep your eye out for this guy. Yeah, uh, rumors coming out of the cruiserweight classic and things like that. You had to Jerry make his comeback in, in it. Yeah, uh, he wasn't there on two hundred five well, live. Rumors are that in January he's going to show up on Raw. That he's actually going to become once again active for uh, for Monday Night Raw. So you know, kudos to. J- to, uh, to Jerry, and I uh, hope that that's true. I'd love to see him back in, in the main roster. And we mentioned what a great year The Rock is having. John Cena gets to host Saturday Night Live this week. He does. And be the third wrestler to host Saturday Night Live following Hulk Hogan and The Rock, who's hosted it multiple times. Right. So I don't know how much longer we're going to see John Cena in a wrestling ring full time. I, and I think once he goes, Nikki will go because Nikki's going to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and so well, but she's in a different kind of situation though because they know that the brand Total Divas and Total Bellas, they only got remember they were gone from WWE for a minute, right? And they got brought back in just for this Total Divas show. He right. told them we're not doing this without the Bella Twins, right? And so she's under a different sort of obligation because if they if E doesn't cancel this show. And the WWE still needs it. She's got to be around in some capacity. I don't know if she's going to be in the ring. But they're going to have to keep her on the payroll to keep her in this show. Yeah. There's interest in her, but there's not enough interest in her to where it's like, after she's out of wrestling, do you really want to follow what goes on with her? No. No. So, I mean... Well, and that, that's like Brie. I mean, Brie's pregnant, yes, but nobody really... Well, pregnancy things, I... All those reality shows thrive off weddings and pregnancies. So. Oh, I mean, Xavier Woods' wife comes out over the weekend and says that she's pregnant. You know, Put her on the they're show. They're going to have their first baby. That's exactly what I thought was. This is your first like total wrestling slide into Total Divas or some some bullshit like that. Because you know, but congratulations. No, I'm I'm all for you know anyone who who decides to start a family, especially in the wrestling business. But uh, I just feel like she is always going to be Mrs. Cena, even though they're not married. And there's no desire to have her around unless, you know, John Cena's around. She's improved as a wrestler. I'm not knocking. That's nothing against her abilities. I'm just saying she is latched in now with him. And it's kind of... It's one of the. It's the same thing as if you're like when AJ stuck around without CM Punk without for a few CM months. Punk for a few months. That's you took the words right out of my mouth. And so, and then she left because it was like, well, you know, you're kind of Mister. You know, you're Mrs. CM Punk. So you probably rarely a, see. You probably don't see each other enough as it is. And then, so now you're going to be in completely different, you know, parts of the world all the time. So. Right. Right. Completely so, different uh, parts of the world. Sort of like being in another country, like in Canada. Which is the site of our review this week, your pick, the most talked about thing that ever happened in any pro wrestling ring ever, 
Survivor Series 1997, Gang Rules, R-U-L-Z, because that's how you spell it in the 90s, because it's cool. It is To cool. drop that E and add that Z instead of an E and an S. It's Gang Rules. It's in Montreal, Quebec, Canada at the Molson Center. It is Survivor Series 1997. It's November 9th, 1997 in front of 20,593 fans at the Molson Center. Brought to you by Milton Bradley's Karate Fighters. Yes. Now, Patrick, this pay-per-view and the Montreal Screwjob is the most talked about thing ever. Why did you want to do this pay-per-view this week? Strictly because my favorite feud in wrestling under under Kaufman Lawler is is Sean Brett because there was legitimate hatred there and they it brought some of the best moments for the Intercontinental title back in the early 90s to the the WWE World Heavyweight title in the uh, late 90s to uh to where it even led to to Brett leaving the company as a whole this was a long drawn out feud that culminated not even back on not even on screen not even on screen but back behind the scenes yeah i even in 2010 when brett showed back up that was the first thing that was talked about was how is sean going to react well because at brett's hall of fame he didn't want Sean. Sean had to leave the crowd, right? Because he didn't. Leave, they hated each other. And here. then he didn't. He, he didn't even show up on Smack or on uh, the very next night on WrestleMania to go up on stage because Sean was wrestling that night. So, uh, oh yeah, and the backstage stuff, like the, the backstage stuff, Cornette talks about, and the whole Sunny thing, and yeah, the Sunny Day stuff. I, there was just there's so much controversy there that it uh, it drove it drove this feud even more to the core that they actually made a rivalries dvd strictly about this these two men and if you stay tuned to the end of the podcast you will hear an excerpt from that dvd because i like to put that stuff in at the end so you'll hear a clip from that which i actually find to be one of the best dvds that they've done because yeah i mean uh, the rise and fall of ecw wcw and that one are the three my are my three go-to dvds that i will watch multiple times it's not a one-time deal hit and miss so and what what's great about it is because it's so simple it's just two guys in a room with jim ross talking about wrestling which is why we love that legends of wrestling series yeah i so wish much. they would bring the legends roundtable back yeah and um so yeah i love that dvd and i also that a and e biography wrestling with shadows that yes you've probably seen by now i saw it as a little kid i mean just so much there's so much about this out there that hands down this has to be i think the greatest feud just yeah because of what you said yeah all the it's it's actual hatred you know it's not i mean it's it's not storyline it's not now but it was yeah it was and this was not a he said she said it was hatred to the core i mean they literally physically could not stay on the side of each other they're ripping each other's hair out yeah I mean, and it was it was one of those. It brings back to like Edge and Matt Hardy having. Oh, okay, having yeah, to that's d- actually that's a. I'm glad you referenced that because I couldn't think of really another where where you had personal life come on screen to where it was like, listen, Kevin Sullivan, Chris Benoit. Right. Yeah, exactly. There was true on screen behind the scenes hatred that felt spilled over into on screen hatred to where I don't want to do business with you, but we have to. And you can rest assured I'm going to lay some licks in and you're going to feel them. So it was 
And, you know, it, it's just it, there's so much, just like you said, so much about this that I've read. Uh, I've read Brett's book. I've read Sean's book. I've uh, I've there is so much in McFoley's book. There's history a part about this about this night. I mean, rumors galore of... It's on the Monday Night Wars thing. It's on the Attitude Era disc. It's on the Mr. McMahon disc. And if they were smart, WCW would have had Bret Hart walk out the The very next night on Nitro and... While he was still fuming pissed and been like, here's a live microphone, go do what you want to do. Well, that's something that I'll never understand because before we get into the pay-per-view, just a second about... Something I've always been kind of confused about. Okay, Bret Hart, con- his contract with Vince McMahon was not on paper. Is that correct? That this was a handshake deal? This was a handshake deal. And then Vince said, I would like you to leave. I can't pay anymore. That was the excuse. It was a handshake deal and was agreed upon while lawyers were pulling up the paperwork. And uh, for that, was it 30 years it was ten year. What, ten years? I think it was ten year. Actually, no, it was like a twenty year. Twenty years. It would have just expired like a couple been of years like 30 ago. Thirty million dollars or something. It was. It was an outrageous amount of years, but, it, and it was. It would have been a, you know, groundbreaking deal in wrestling, and uh, and. You know, literally. So before they ever got this thing on paper, Vince came back and he's like, "Listen, I'm in this heated feud with with WCW and Turner, and Turner's checkbook is beating me, plain and simple." And he's like, "I just can't afford to pay you that. You know, I made a bad business deal, and I can't afford to pay you." Well, my question is then, why didn't Brett just go to a lawyer instead of saying, "Okay, well, I'll just go to WCW," just because it's easier? That and I also think because it was a handshake deal, like you really there's there's no way it was of, on Raw though. Remember that was the oh, whole I thing. Know. Like oh, will I Brett know. sign? But you who's know? to say that Vince doesn't show up in the courtroom? And say well, it was just a gimmick oh, for, the t- okay. for the TV show, and you know the the way it was really. Brett truly, just loves uh, wrestling so much. That really, he can't truly, sit it out. left it left Brett with no leg to stand on as it pertains to legally. Dealing with it, so you think he probably called a lawyer and they just said, "I ah, just take the it's it'll be cheaper if you just take the money with WCW." Yeah, really, because it'll be guaranteed money too. So, and you saw in wrestling with shadows, you know how heartbroken he was having to fax in his. Oh yeah, you know his resignation from WWE, and so uh, you know it, it because this deal was on a handshake or whatever. You're right. There was do you, there was no no compete clause like so he could have shown up the next night on Nitro. That was the thing. He really could have and if he did not if he left at midnight. It's like they did with CM Punk with Cena and the title and all that BS about at Survivor Series one oh, time when, or SummerSlam when one he time took the belt when he with took him the belt with him, you know. But this was real life in that situation where he's our champ and at midnight his contract's up. And you've already had, you know, Medusa walk. You've already had, by this point in time, was had Rick Rude already pulled his his two night no, stint. No, he does, he does right that after. the next night. He's he, the one. Okay, that, it's it's the next night, or it's the week after. I think. Okay, which and a lot of people don't realize Rick Rude was also in ECW TV that same week as yeah. well. He was in all three promotions in one week. Yeah, that was in that's insane. But, <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. But um, yeah, it's just. Uh, WCW really blew it. Just one of many times WCW really blew it. Yeah, because I'm telling you, if I was Eric Bischoff, after seeing what happened that night, called him up, listen, I don't care what it is, 
how much it costs, get you here, get you in the ring with a live microphone by yourself and let it go. Let it rip. Because that right there would have sold tickets. I remember watching, I was watching wrestling around this time. Like I said, I didn't get pay-per-views. And of course, I didn't have access to like the Wrestling Observer newsletter. So I didn't know the dirt sheets. I knew nothing of this contract dispute. To me, all I knew was we were going into this and they're just going to have another match. Right. And then the next night, so Nitro starts and the NWO comes out with the can, can they come out with Canadian flags and they're singing Oh Canada and they talk about what happened on WWF and I'm like what the, what the hell happened? They, yeah. they made me want to watch Raw that night it, to figure yeah, out what happened. Yeah, to see what happened and so people clicked clicked over and you saw Vince McMahon sit down. The Mr. McMahon, yeah. And, and Brett the whole Brett. Vet, yeah, Brett screwed Brett. Actually, and it, it was... Uh, that might have been a week later. I think the first night, or I don't remember if it was the on the same night, but it was Shawn Michaels. There's, it's a, there's a clip in Wrestling with Shadows of Brett watching this where Shawn was in the ring and had a a miniature version of Bret Hart come yes. out, and he recreated what happened last night, right, at the Survivor Series. So I think Mr. McMahon might have been a week later, but still, yeah. it made me want to turn over and watch. And then, and then also, even when I watched on Raw, I didn't understand what happened exactly because you know they only show you still frames, right? And they just say, "Oh, Bret." It didn't appear that Bret tapped out or whatever. Yeah. But like, why would the ref call for the bell? Like, why well, would? Well, I mean, in in wrestling, that's known as a dusty finish for Dusty Rhodes, you know. And but and, and that that's such a shitty way to do to do business, plain and simple. But well, we can get into right, yeah, the ethics of it after. But it was, um, but yeah, I was a you know I was a fan of both of these both of these. Oh, men. you're the biggest Shawn Michaels fan. He's your I boy. Am. I am, and and Brett the Hitman Hart is. I still think to this day the Owen tribute match with Brett and Chris Benoit on Nitro is the greatest technically sound match in the history of this business. Oh, we should watch that and, one. Day. And so. Uh, yeah, so it was the. Um, I mean, it's just it's you know, there was so much around this that I felt like we had to at some point in time do it, and what better than to do it for my birthday, you know? So here it is. Yes, the show starts off. We get highlights from WrestleMania 12 and the entire Brett and Sean feud with sound bites about each other hating one another and this was all this was all momentum into Sean Michaels side if you realize Oh yeah they yeah. they made Brett look like shit during Well even this. going into the WrestleMania 12 match they Brett talks about this uh I think on that rivalries thing where you know they showed Sean training with uh Jose Lothario yeah, so Sean's training montage for WrestleMania 12 is him working out, doing real intense stuff with Jose Lothario. The, the upside-down uh, push-ups were, you know, you're seeing that, and you're seeing, and all we got was Brett swimming in a swimming <laughs> yeah, pool, in my pool. And, and running and running in on the icy roads. Yeah, no, I agree. I so, agree. It's Vince. You could tell which one was the apple of Vince's eye. I mean, right. even when when Sean won the the title at WrestleMania 12, and Vince, ah, oh, the childhood dreams come true, and just and oh his oh, I mean the entrances of WrestleMania 12. So, I mean, gave that away. Like oh man, yeah. him coming down from from that that the rafters or the what are, the top He's basically gonna zip the roof line. the roof of the building basically, and zip line to where he lands down in the click at the time his 
fans. Like that was that was unheard of. Yeah, and then, you was, know what Brett's entrance was? He walked out. He walked out to the ring. Yeah. <laughs> so this has been going on for a while. So if you at the start of this podcast, you heard this 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 tape package, and so right. you'll see how slanted it is in one direction. So here we go. Also, some SummerSlam highlights from where Sean screwed Undertaker out of the title. Basically, helped Brett get this belt. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. That well, it was it was funny the way they pulled that off because he, you know, Brett spits in his face. Sean's refereeing the match. Brett spits oh, another good referee. Brett unbiased. Yeah, you know, Brett's going to hit him with a with a chair. Sean sees it. Sean grabs the chair. Brett spits in his face and, and says some some language that I said earlier on the show, and and Sean loses it. Swings a chair and Brett ducks and it hits Taker and it, it was that, an that was gold. That was a great, great finish for that pay per view to I, lead up to this. Jr. welcomes us in. He's alongside Jerry Lawler. This is the start of the two man era here with Jr. and Jerry Lawler. No, no Vince on commentary. I wonder if we'll see him tonight. Jr. tells us tonight it will be settled. Who is the man? One of these two men is the real man. We get the Spanish commentary team. Tito Santana. And Carlos Cabrera are there. And then over on the French commentary team, since we are in Montreal, we get Jacques Rougeau Sr., Ray Rougeau, and Jean Brassard. They have the French commentary. So three commentary teams are at ringside for this. The first, just want to throw this one out here right now. Where the hell was Howard Finkel? Well, he doesn't speak French, Patrick. This ring announcer was terrible. What do you mean? He was fine. It was strictly French. No, he he had the English at the end. Okay, well, then through his accent, I couldn't catch it. Okay. Well, you know in Montreal, they speak mainly French, right? I've never been. I don't okay. know. Well, no, Canada is divided into provinces, and Quebec is the province that Montreal's in, and it largely speaks French. There, The road signs are in both French and English, but oh, okay. the majority of people mainly just speak French. They speak English as a courtesy, So I too. take it like Calgary with the, with the Hart family and all that was on the English side of it, basically. Yeah, but I think... I think in all of Canada, the school children have to learn French. Because, oh, okay. So I think... So I don't pretty, know about Canada's oh, lineage, I, I'm so not I really sure about, I'm not sure about that, but a lot of people in Canada are bilingual, but especially in Montreal. Okay. Or Montreal, as you know. Okay, no, I'm with you. I, that just bothered me at the very start. You have this guy, you know, they shoot it up to the ring for the first match, and I'm like, that's not Howard Finkel. What the hell? So, oh, and I, I thought that Fink should have been there to give the english version this guy could do the french version that would have been yeah the old you know where you the old drop down from madison square garden where you have the two microphones that would have been cool yeah Yeah. i agree oh what a hot opening match we get tonight patrick the headbangers and the new blackjacks they're introduced (laughs) i love the new blackjacks of course you do (laughs) of course you do I like half of them. I don't like JBL, dude. I've never liked Bradshaw. He's just such an asshole. <laughs> and then they are going to be facing... Oh, the, I, the, your heart must have been torn down the middle, Patrick, because you've got to pick between the new Blackjacks... And the Godwins. And the Godwins. Oh, well, I think they're transitioning to Southern Justice here, but... Yeah. Uh, it's the New Age Outlaws and the Godwins, a.k.a. Southern Justice. Did you notice that Billy Gunn has a hat, and the middle of his hat is missing the center, so... It's like he's wearing a giant black donut on his head. I did not know this. They vandalized the Blackjack's hats, I think, on probably on Shotgun Saturday Night or something. So okay. these are old Blackjack's hats that they cut the middle out of. Like, we'll show you. 
Yeah. They ruined some perfectly good hats. Okay. I didn't know what it was. I know I did recognize that this is right when you had the roadie and Rockabilly had just Yeah. This was the start basically or close to the 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 culmination of the New Age Outlaws. Yeah, this is after the uh the I smell money after right. they, they abandoned the honky tonk man. Right. So Barry Windham is going to start the match against Phineas, but he quickly tags in Bradshaw. He doesn't want to wrestle too much. Phineas wants to tag in the Outlaws when he runs into trouble against Bradshaw, but the New Age Outlaws are like, we're not tagging in. This is on you, pal. And so they step away from the ring. So instead, Phineas tags in Henry O'Godwin, or Mark Canterbury. Henry Godwin hitting a vertical suplex on Bradshaw. Bradshaw then hits an abdominal stretch, which he rolls into a pinning attempt on Henry and gets the three. Which was, like that. that was an impressive pinning attempt, too, for him to roll that up. And, uh, yeah, but th- that was quick. And, you know, Henry Godwin, I'm thinking, one, you know, thrash, or Thrasher or Moss are going to get eliminated. But, First, yeah. But, yeah, Henry Godwin was kind of the one out of those four, in my opinion, that actually stood out. So, so now the faces are up four to three. So Phineas gets back in there with Bradshaw, and Bradshaw tags in Barry Windham. Phineas hits a clothesline on Barry Windham, and he gets the three. So, a uh, very quick elimination for our good friend, the four horsemen there, Barry yeah. Windham. Now they were tied three and three with the faces and the heels. Headbanger Mosh is the replacement for Barry Windham. Yeah. Wow. Never thought I'd say that. Mosh hits a nice drop kick and a drop toe hold combination. Then Billy Gunn tags in and gets some decent heat from the crowd. He's, he's uh, getting booed quite a bit by the Canadians here. The crowd starts calling him a faggot. They did. Uh, that is uh, something you won't be hearing in 2016, I'm afraid. Or 2017. Or pretty much ever again. Ever so. again. Yeah, I was just about to say. Mosh tries a bulldog on Billy Gunn, but he drops him on his face. And he gets a three count. So now Mosh is eliminated and the heels are up three to two. Thrasher is in now and Phineas Godwin somehow tags in even though... The New Age Outlaws weren't going to work with this guy. So now Thrasher works an armbar for a long time on Phineas. Then he hits the stage dive off the top turnbuckle onto Phineas and gets the three count. So now we're all tied up two to two. Road Dog is going to start with Thrasher. Then Bradshaw tags in instead. We get a gut wrench powerbomb on Road Dog. Then Bradshaw is distracted beating up Billy Gunn on the Billy Gunn's on the outside of the ring ropes, and Bradshaw decides to mess with him. But then Road Dog just rolls up Bradshaw and gets a three count. So now it's the New Age Outlaws taking on Thrasher. I got a bad feeling about Thrasher's chances here against the New Age Outlaws. Road Dog tags in Billy Gunn, who misses a top rope leg drop <laughs> by a mile. By a mile. This thing, it didn't matter what direction that they tried to to show replays of. There is still there was it was bad. Yeah, Billy Gunn misses this. Uh, Billy Gunn misses this leg drop on Thrasher, who was covering Road Dog at the time. Why was he covering Road Dog? I don't know. Anyway, Outlaws win the match in 15 minutes and 25 seconds, and the Outlaws are so new, Patrick, they don't have any theme music to celebrate. <laughs> right, So yeah. they just celebrate in silence in Montreal, Canada. Well, they get booed instead. And now, oh, I can see why you chose this pay-per-view, Patrick, because it's all your favorites tonight. The Truth Commission is coming out next. The Jackal, the Interrogator, Sniper, and Recon. Right. All your faves. And the, I mean, uh, 
Bull Buchanan. B uh, squared. A lot of people forgot that Bull Buchanan was in the Truth Commission. Yes, they're going to wrestle in their berets, their khakis, and their green shirts. Going against DOA. DOA, who... Disciples of Apocalypse. Yes, Disciples of Apocalypse, which is Chains, Crush, Skull, and Ape Ball. Oddly, they come out on their bikes... They circle the ring and ride them back, and then take their bikes back because we don't want to damage these bikes. We don't want to be we don't want to be on the hook for these Titan motorcycles. So they park their bikes near the exits. That's not usually a good. That's not a good winning strategy. You know, you should keep them ringside because you're going to have a big victory ride. Not park them near the nearest exit. Right. So maybe a bit of foreshadowing here. Slash right there. Is Vince still making Titan bikes? Because I know at one point in time, they were a pretty, you know, they were... Oh, for years. I mean, even when The Undertaker, I think, was started doing his uh, big evil stuff. He was right. still on Titan bikes, but I think they're out of the business Are now. they? Yeah, I'm okay. not... Because they use... They use that Orange County Choppers guys to make all the title belts now, so right. I bet they've left their motorcycling to them. So okay. if they need, if we see Undertaker or somebody on a motorcycle coming up, I bet it's an Orange County Chopper for some reason. Right. Okay. Now, just to point out, the interrogator of the Truth Commission is Kurgan, and they are in love with Kurgan because he is a big man. Kurgan was. He looks awesome. Seven foot. Six, I believe, seven, seven. He's huge. He's big. He's the second tallest man ever in WWE history. After Giant Gonzalez. After man. Giant Gonzalez, he really is. And uh, and then you drop down to Andre at seven five when he died. So so Kurgan is going to start off with Chains. So you have a really big man fighting a big man off off the bat. Chains can't knock Kurgan off his feet. We get a sidewalk slam from Kurgan to Chains and Brian Lee. He's He's hitting the bike. Yeah. He's hitting the road. He's out of there. Primetime Brian Lee. He's the first one gone. Kurgan decides to tag in B-squared. Bull Buchanan, who's known as Recon. He is in next. He's going to take on 8-Ball, who JR keeps telling us, I can't tell the difference between 8-Ball and Skull. Because they're twins. Yes, the Harris twins. The Harris twins. But one of them has tattoos on one arm and the other one doesn't. So... And also, if you're the announcer, it's it's not like me at home. I shouldn't be able to tell. I should have trouble with it. But the, Jr. and Jerry Lawler see these guys every single night, basically. Like, right? They should be able to keep up and not say, "Oh, I don't know which is which." Anyway, that got on my nerves through the match or whatever. Eight Ball hits a spinning sidewalk slam and eliminates Jackal, who was who's actually their manager. Right. Yeah. Uh, because Recon tagged out. Recon tagged in the Jackal, and Jackal got eliminated by 8-Ball. So there you go. And, and Jackal didn't last long, as a matter of fact. they uh, He left and went to ECW, I think, right after this paper. Cyrus the Virus here. Cyrus the Virus, yeah. But they still kept the Truth Commission around just without him. Well, he actually helped start the uh, the Oddities. He was the original oh, manager okay. of the Oddities okay. right. with Kurgan. So okay. this is... In some weird way, this is the predecessor to the oddities, this group. Right. Now, what's funny is when Jackal gets eliminated, he goes and sits at the commentary table. He's going to call the match with us the rest of the time. Instead of managing the team and helping them, you know, win. Which, which I love that. I thought that was entertaining. So, Sniper is going to face off against 8-Ball. Sniper hits a crossbody for a two-count. Then B-squared tags in, which is Recon. Recon is going to take on Crush. Crush hits a boss man slam for a two count on Recon. Then Recon gets some offense in on 8-Ball, 
but Skull replaces him without a tag, and the referee can't tell Patrick because they're twins. Twin magic. Twin magic. And Skull pins Recon after a simple clothesline. Sniper gets in to replace him. He's double teamed by Skull and 8-Ball. Then interrogator Kurgan hits a cheap shot on Skull, who gets bulldogged by Sniper and is then eliminated. So now it's two-on-two, DOA, Truth Commission. Crush tags in and locks on a figure four head scissors on Sniper. 8-Ball gets a blind tag. Kurgan gets a blind tag. And now 8-Ball DDTs Sniper. I guess, oh, on the outside of the ring, maybe. Kurgan hits a sidewalk slam on 8-Ball. Now Crush is taking on the Sniper and Kurgan. Then Kurgan tags in Sniper. And then Crush hits a power slam and eliminates Sniper. So now Sniper's out. It's Kurgan versus two members of the DOA. The ending happens almost instantaneously. So Crush eliminates 8-Ball. And then Kurgan comes in, sidewalk slams Crush, and gets the win for the Truth Commission. The big man, the new big man goes over in 9 minutes and 59 seconds. You can tell that they really wanted that. They had a lot of hope for this Kurgan guy. Mm-hmm. They wanted him to be Batista, basically. Yeah. Uh, it didn't work out that way. Now Kurgan's uh, an actor. He's he, in a lot of movies. It, he was in... He was in some Marvel movie over the past few years ago. He was in Pacific Rim. He was in Sherlock Holmes. He was in 300. Man, he's had a good career. He, he really... He's had a great, you know, movie career. <laughs> yeah, which is where he should have maybe gone first instead of stopping by the old wrestling business. I was really thinking he was in Galaxy... Are the uh, you know he Marvel. actually made his WWF debut in 1991. Really, he wrestled as the Cajun Giant, and so he was in a few dark matches then. Then he spent some time in a Mexican promotion as Goliath El Gigante. Then he finally made it back to the WWF in 1997. So he actually had a lot of years of experience. Yeah, how could he be so bad after all those years of experience? Right. Well, I mean, they showed him off here with basically all he could do was a sidewalk slam. Yes. And so when you... And he wasn't selling for anything. No. And so when you when you do that to, to even a big man, it, it can ruin a career. The WWF, they go outside and they ask fans in attendance, who's going to win the main event tonight? And I will splice those in here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, everybody is wondering what's going to happen in the main event. And the fans here in Montreal are no different. We asked many of them earlier today to pick us a winner between Sean and Brent. Tonight, Hitman is going to lose the title tonight. Even though I don't want him to lose it, Michael's going to be the three-time champ. The main event? Shawn Michaels, man. Big time. Because he's the best of the best of us, and the best of ever will be. C'est le meilleur de la gang. Il n'y a pas d'autre meilleur que lui, c'est vrai. C'est notre Canadien, nous autres. C'est notre Canadien. Shawn Michaels va gagner contre Bret Hart. Because Shawn Michaels is the D-Generation X in number one. We traveled 12 hours just to see him win and kick Brett's butt. Brett va gagner, c'est ça, il est au Canada. Il peut pas perdre. C'est ça, il va gagner. It's the excellence of execution, and Shawn Michaels could go back to the USA where, because we don't like him. We will follow Bret Hart all the way. Shawn Michaels is going down in Montreal tonight. That's it, that's it, that's it. It was all bread. No, some of them were was heels. Was there a Sean? There was a few uh, Montreal. There was a few, you know. I know there was there was one traders, American. Canadian there was one traders. American that actually made his way up there that he said Sean. Evan Kelly is backstage in the America Online room with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Kevin Kelly asks him, 
are you worried about your neck? And Austin says, a very un-Stone Cold Steve Austin answer. He says, of course I am. It's my neck. But what can you do? <laughs> I mean, instead of saying, hell no, I'm not worried about my neck. He's right. just like, yeah, I'm worried. But I have to fight tonight. So yeah. a very realistic... I mean... I know that he's, you know, a baby face at this point, but he doesn't have to be that big of a baby face right. where he's like, I, you got to do what you got to do. Right. And Stone Cold, I know everybody's talking to you, asking no questions online about your match. Stupid questions. How's my neck? Am I concerned about the neck? You're damn right I am. But you got to go out there and see it's either sink or swim. Steve Austin doesn't sink. So you're damn right I'm worried about it. But that's the bottom line. You got to live with these things and go on. And Steve Austin is going on. I don't need nobody feeling sorry for me because this is just something that happens. JR plugs karate fighters and they had a karate fighters party earlier tonight man i wish i'd been there for that i won it if you don't remember oh no i actually interviewed the gal who no she didn't win the party she won something else we every pay-per-view we do we seem to find contest winners in in the 90s it was all about contests pay-per-view contests up next the showdown that we've all been waiting for the the war of team usa versus team canada is next by the way Let's talk about Team Canada for a second. Doug Furness is from Oklahoma. <laughs> so there's one member down. The British Bulldog is the British Bulldog. So there's two members that aren't Canadian. And Jim Neidhart was born in Tampa. So you have three non-Canadians. And so Team Canada of four people only has... Well, Philip Lafon was the only one yeah. actually from Canada. Philip Lafon is the only Canadian on Team Canada. <laughs> right. How? Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, at the time, I didn't ask any questions about this. Just, but now looking back, you do realize it's like... Well, well JR even it. mentions it yeah. later in the match. Uh, whatever. Well, And Doug Furness spent a lot of his time, you know... In Tennessee, in Smoky Mountain right. Wrestling and all that, especially going to the University of Tennessee. So it's not like he was maybe close to the border. Like, he was down south. So it's kind of hard to... Yeah. Michael Cole is backstage with Team America, World Police. And he tells them he doesn't see why they are teaming together. This is not a good Team America for us, Patrick. This is not a good representation of America here. It's Vader. He's cutting a promo on all of Canada. Goldust is in the background, and he's turned his back away from the camera the entire time. And he's there with Steve Blackman, who this is Steve Blackman's first pay-per-view match. Yes. And so Michael Cole also interviews Steve Blackman, and he this is the most, fumbles through his Well, promo. this is the most Steve Blackman ever said in his Yeah, this was the career. last time he talked. First and last time Steve Blackman ever spoke and so mark marrow is also with them he's got sable backstage and so vader says it's not vader time tonight it's usa time okay and it's steve blackman's night oh wow this is he i, I didn't even make note of what I he believe said he did say that he that this is this is the culmination or something steve blackman uh, something about blackman uh so team usa's out and then we see michael cole backstage with team canada Furnace describes why he left America, so he's a traitor. So he's really not on anybody's team. He hates America, so he should just be gone all com- you know completely. Forget this guy. <laughs> team, oh, Team USA, by the way, came out to 
Kurt Angle's theme. Yes. Which is actually the Patriots theme, which is actually Sergeant Slaughter's theme. This was used three times before it ever got on Kurt Angle. So the Patriot Team USA and Sergeant Slaughter. I think at one point in time, what did they not have Mr. America, a.k.a. Hulk Hogan, come out to it? Or was I, that Real American? Yeah, he came out to Real American, okay. probably. I, I couldn't, I mean... I wouldn't put it past him. This is Vince's go-to American song. Yes. This is your American babyface go-to song, so... Team Canada comes out to Bret Hart's theme, which gets a huge pop from the crowd, but then they realize it's not Bret. <laughs> Bret's not And with so him. they kind of tone it down just a little bit. <laughs> JR says this feels like Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. No, this does not. <laughs> Lawler is ashamed of the Team America that we are fielding here. He's ashamed of Team USA, and I, I kind of agree with him. JR says this is, uh, yeah, JR mentions that this is Steve Blagman's first televised match. Mark Merrill and British Bulldog are going to start the match off. Merrill flings his do rag at British Bulldog, who wipes his butt with it and throws it back. Bulldog gets the heat on Merrill with chops, a drop kick, and a slam. Merrill bails to the outside to recover. Then he gets in and tags in Vader, who lays in some stiff strikes into Bulldog, followed by a clothesline. Bulldog slams Vader off the top rope and then lifts him up for a big delayed vertical suplex on Vader. And then that means Bulldog is gassed, so he tags in LaFon. Marrow tags back in. He hits a knee lift and then eats a spinning heel kick, but kicks out at two on LaFon's cover. Then the Anvil tags in. Jim the Anvil Neidhart tags in. And gets in and then immediately says, no, I don't think I want to wrestle here. And he tags LaFon back in. So then Steve Blackman is in. LaFon hits a nasty DDT on Blackman, but Blackman kicks out at two. The, ch- the crowd is totally disinterested. They're chanting for Sable now. Then LaFon tries a crucifix pin on Steve Blackman, but Blackman kicks out. And then Blackman takes out the entire Team Canada with kicks. And he throws LaFon over the top rope and he goes out to fight him. But... In record time, Patrick, in a record 10 count. This was fast. This was a fast 10 count. Blackman is counted out before he can even realize that the count started. Because he he didn't know pro wrestling rules. He just knew, oh, you know. I think they didn't want to pin Blackman clean on his first. No, yeah. It was a great way to, to show. This is their common Survivor Series. Yeah, it was a great way to show what Steve Blackman was capable of doing. And get him out of there. And get him out of there without killing momentum of a debut so yeah i agree this was a great way to to get him out of the picture because he he couldn't last the whole thing so then anvil is in he's gonna take on mark marrow then vader tags in and jim the anvil takes him off his feet with a shoulder tackle so he's got the big man off his feet then eventually vader hits a running splash on a downed jim the anvil Nineheart, and one two three jim the anvil's gone and so now it's three on three Vader and LaFon go to the outside. LaFon throws Vader into the steps. Furnace keeps Vader outside, but rolls him in instead of taking the count-out victory here, which is very weird. Vader belly-to-bellies LaFon in the ring and then goes to the second rope for a splash, and he gets a three. So there you go. LaFon is out. Three to two for Team America. And the only Canadian on Team Canada is heading to the showers. Doug Furness is now in the ring, and Marrow tags in, and he starts doing his boxing punches. That's his new gimmick. This is a relatively new Golden Gloves Mr. Mark Marrow. No more wild man for him. Yeah. He does all his boxing punches, but then he goes up and hits a top rope moonsault, so he's kind of forgotten about his character. But Furness tries to counter it, and whatever they were trying to do is botched, and uh, Marrow just covers for a two count after 
that disaster. Then British Bulldog gets the hot tag, and he batters Mark Merrow. He does. He tries his running power slam, which is the most countered finishing move in wrestling history, and Mark right, Merrow yeah. counters it. Furnace gets tagged back in and eats boxing punches from Mark Merrow. Furnace counters one of these punches with a roll-up and eliminates Mark Merrow. It's now two and two. Vader and Goldust. And the crowd were the crowd was booing because not because Mark Merrow got eliminated, but because Sable was having to leave. Bad decision. Bad booking decision. Vince really does hate Canada. He wouldn't keep Sable out there for the entire match. Sable should care about her country enough to stay and interfere on our behalf. I think Jerry Lawler might actually said that, so so now we realize that Goldust has never been tagged in, and JR mentions Goldust has a broken hand. So maybe that's why he doesn't want to wrestle tonight. Could be because of the cast on his hand. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Bulldog tags in and eats a vertical suplex from Vader. Furnace then tags in and gets backdropped onto his neck by Vader. Goldust avoids Vader's tag. Vader wants out. Vader's ready to cha- you know, take a breath. But Goldust avoids him. He drops down to the mat to avoid his tag. Then Furnace hits Vader in the nuts while he's going for the tag, but the ref doesn't see it. Bulldog hops back in. Vader wants to tag in Goldust, but he still can't do it. Furnace belly-to-bellies Vader, but only gets a two-count on Vader. Then Furnace Hurricane Rana's Vader, but only gets a two-count. Then Vader, here's how he gets Goldust to tag in. He walks over there and smacks the shit out of him. And so now Goldust has involuntarily been tagged in. Is that a legal tag, Patrick? I would count it. I would, too. I'm glad that we're in agreement over I mean, the really rules here. Really, you know, an open hand is an open hand. It doesn't <laughs> matter how you get it. So, so Gold Dust is tagged in, but instead of fighting, he just rolls out and he walks to the back. He had a pretty easy night. He, he took a count out. Yeah. Well, I mean, while we're on this, uh, this was kind of the weird. Oh, this was the artist formerly known as Gold Dust. Yeah, yeah. This is the start of you know where he had. They the, bring in Luna, the, the forever unchained on his face, and and. Well, it just said "f you." Well, I was you know. Yeah. And play and, along. And the whole gimmick, it, it was. I didn't really enjoy this Gold Dust. Uh, a lot of people actually thought it was new and and controversial, and, and it was great to have. Uh, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, was it was it time to to get a to get a new aspect of the character's gold dust or was it better just to leave it alone? Oh, some of the stuff he was doing, I seem to recall hearing that some of this was his own idea, but he was also going through some problems uh, with the drugs or whatever. It's actually I've heard that it's been suggest he suggested that Vince buy him breast implants at one time. That he was willing to do that for a stunt. So he was, I think he was just all in on this character and the Attitude Era and just wanted to stand out. I mean, he, so there's some stuff that he did during this time, after he got Luna or whatever, that yeah, like when he walked out there in like lingerie and like on a dog collar or whatever. Yeah. You know, that, that part of the Attitude Era, the same thing with like, Braun panties matches, mud wrestling matches with the women, the bikini contest. That stuff doesn't do anything for me, really. Like, right. That's not what I look back on and say, that was really great. You know, like you were really. That's not what I liked about the Attitude Era. There, it was all the other stuff. Like, as a 12 year old kid, I probably loved bikini matches or whatever. But now, you know, as as an adult, I can just see the stupidity in it. So. Right, yeah. No, uh, Terry, I mean, uh, Dustin. 
Reynolds, aka Dustin Rhodes, aka Gold Dust, is is a true legend and a future Hall of Famer and uh, an innovator in the career of making the Attitude Era. But I I didn't care for this side of him at all. The pro Canada crowd, even though they should be rooting for Team Canada, they boo Gold Dust for leaving the match. Well, they're just cheated, you know. Yeah. Vader goes for a Vader bomb on Furnace and gets the three. So here we go. It's British Bulldog and Vader for... They are going to decide America versus Canada once and for all. British Bulldog goes and gets the ring bell and hits Vader with it behind the ref's back and gets the three. And Team Canada gets the big win in 17 minutes and five seconds. I have a note right here that Vader pretty much carried this match really and truly. He did all the work. Yeah. But at the same time, he did get to kick out of, like, uh, Furnace's Hurricane Rana, Furnace's Power Slam. Like, yeah, he did. He was the most featured guy in the match. Really, like, on that on that team. I mean, Goldust had a broken hand. So who else on that team are you going to send out there? Like, right. Mark Merrow. I mean, Mark Merrow did his did enough, I thought, with the boxing punches and stuff. And, oh, yeah, I mean, Team Canada was tagging in and out so quick that... Other than Furnace's little bit with Vader, I didn't really think any of that. I mean, Bulldog right? Bulldog and Furnace for Team Canada and Vader were the three standouts in the match. Right. Uh, but the match, the premise of the match is stupid. I mean, none of the American guys have the gimmick of, like, real American Jim Duggan, like, Mr. Patriot. You're the Patriot, that would have been a good guy for this match. Like, any of that stuff. So, the premise of the this was, I don't know. It was something. What did you think of it? I, I love the the idea when it's, you know, country versus country, when it's – he had, you know, Hogan and and Slaughter, Iran versus America. I, I, I love when you when you mix, you know, when you have, like, the Koloffs against, you know, and, it, like, Russia against, you know. that It's a great way. I mean, it's going to sell out every time. I just think this was a bad – Showing of what Team Canada can provi- uh, can can put out and what Team USA can put out because, like you said, if you're going to have that, you need an actual maybe American babyface like like a, a Patriot or a Hulk Hogan or you know or Kurt Angle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We go to the announcer's table. Jacqueline Cook, she won the Super Supper Sweepstakes, sponsored by Karate Fighters. And uh, Jerry the King Lawler seems to think that she will be taking him to dinner, but she tells Jim Ross that she wants Stone Cold Steve Austin to go to dinner with her. So I, I want to was... track this woman down and ask her how dinner was with Stone Cold I... Steve Austin. And... You took the words right out of my mouth because I wanted to try to find her and call her and be like, how was your dinner with Austin? How awkward was that? Yeah. yeah. A video piece recaps Kane's appearance at Bad Blood 97 and all of the Kane stuff. And so now it's time for Mankind versus Kane. Mankind's out first. This is Kane's first actual match. The sanctioned gimmick, match. The yes. gimmick Kane, yeah. So not Glenn Jacobs' first match. No, so. no. So Kane, because Isaac Yankum DDS had a title match back in the day. Right. I think it was actually a cage match too. Really and truly, Mankind is out first. 
Then Kane comes out with Paul Bear. This is an early Kane match where the arena is kept dark with only red lights. On the red light on the ring. I love this. Oh, I this hate part. that Really? Shit. It's stupid. I, w- I hate it when they do it for Sin Cara, or they used to. They don't anymore. Right, but yeah. Don't change the lights, man. Let us see what's going on. I don't want to watch it in dog vision or whatever. I don't want to watch it in virtual boy vision, you know, red right. and black. Mankind attacks Kane on the ramp, but gets tossed into the steps for his trouble. Kane gets into the ring and does his fire spot with the turnbuckles, which usually, Patrick, a, a Kane, a tell if Kane's going to win or lose a match. When he does he do his fire? If he does his fire spot at first, usually that means he'll be losing the match because right. he doesn't need to do it after he wins. So anytime you watch a Kane match now, see when he does his fire spot, and that'll tell you what's going to happen with Kane. But they tricked us here. They tricked us for the first night. He does his fire spot at the start of the match, and then Mankind clotheslines him over the top ropes, but Kane lands on his feet just like The Undertaker. They're brothers, you know. Yeah, they are. Kane grabs the steps and throws them into Mankind. Then we get a big boot, a sidewalk slam, and then they battle on the outside of the ring, and Mankind smacks Kane into the stairs. Then Mankind goes and grabs a chair, but he no-sells it. when. Uh, well, Kane no-sells it when he gets hit with a chair shot, so not even a chair can bring this guy down. Then Mankind hits a pile driver, and this does keep him down for a second. A second. So Mankind calls for the Mandible Claw, but instead of using it on Kane, he does have a mask on, so this would be a tough move to get on Kane. He's going to use it on Paul Bear, Uncle Paul. Get his vengeance against Uncle Paul here. Then Kane does the Undertaker, Michael Myers sit-up spot, and goes and shoves Mankind off the ring apron, and shoves him so hard, Patrick, he flies through the Spanish announce table just off a shove. That's a powerful guy, this Kane. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a big man with a lot of power to be throwing somebody that far just off of a shove. Ref Patrick Young, this ref really lets them go here. Maybe he, I guess he's too scared to DQ Kane. So the ref really lets him go as Kane stalks Mankind on the outside of the ring. That 10 count, that Steve Blackman 10 count was not in effect here. Mankind DDTs Kane on the concrete floor and then climbs up to the ring apron and hits the Cactus Jack elbow off the ring apron onto Kane onto the concrete floor, which probably messed up McFoley's hips pretty badly in the this is long why, term. Yeah. yeah, this is why he walks sideways now. Kane gets up and slams Mankind off the ring apron onto the floor mats. At least he had the mercy to slam him on the floor mats. Then Kane waits for Mankind to. S- well, Kane gets back in the ring and waits for Mankind to slither back in, hits him with the tombstone, and gets the win in 9 minutes and 27 seconds. Mick Foley selling his ass off for <laughs> Kane, making Kane look awesome. He really did. I, I put a note here asking you about, you know, was it possibly, I don't remember much about this version of Kane. Could it have been like a Raven's Rules kind of thing? Whenever he, Oh, maybe. Whenever you know when the red lights on, it's no anything goes or something. I, I did Paul Bear ever say anything about that, or was there an explanation, or was it really truly that the ref just let it go? Yeah, I imagine Kane. It would be since he doesn't have the mental capacity to sign a wrestling contract, that yeah. maybe all his matches are unsanctioned. Yeah, for a while. Yeah. Until he gets his little speaker box, and then he can communicate how he feels about things. So, right, I think I agree. Yeah, I, I think that's got to be the case. Uh, 
that it's Kane's rules. Right. And Kane likes the lights red. I see, and I made another note here that I, I really like. It's liked. nice that the light guy changes the lights for him. Right, that I like this version of Kane, and I wish he had stayed this way because this was basically in, you know... A monster. Yeah, he he was indestructible. He didn't sell anything. He was just, it was like the Jason kind of, no matter what you did, he kept coming at you. Yeah, you and, even, and even when Undertaker beat him at WrestleMania or whatever. He kicked out right at that three. Well, so, he took three yeah. tombstones to, keep, to stay down, so he still looked strong after that. It yeah. wasn't... It wasn't. I would say he still looked strong for maybe a year and a half or so, and then it started to right. fade away. By the time he got into that first blood match with Austin, the, the I mean, momentum was kind of riding pretty pretty low at that point in time, or it was fading for yeah, him. Yeah, he wasn't indestructible anymore. Right, but it's hard to keep. It's hard to book someone like that forever. Right. Well, I mean, we saw that with Goldberg. You know. Yeah. When we talked about him a few few shows ago, so. Patrick, you can send your cable bill to P.O. Box 5448 Rockville Center, New York. And you get a WWF dog tag. Oh, yeah. Be the cool guy at school with your WWF to- dog tag. I think this offer's expired, though, so don't don't actually do it. Yeah. Cole is backstage with Sergeant Slaughter, the commissioner of the WWF, and Vince McMahon. This is odd that, I mean, why would they be giving this interview? And Vince looked scared shitless. This is one (laughs) of the few times where you could tell, like, at the first glance before he got to where he was talking and smiling and all this, he really, it was like, I knew the camera was on, but I didn't know how to act. That's right, JR. And Commissioner, uh, unusual tension in the air this evening. We have extra security backstage at the locker room area, so nothing will happen back here. I assure you that. Vince? It's important that WWF fans get to see this match. This match, of course, uh, was to have happened on a number of occasions, and it did not for a number of reasons. Hopefully, we will have none of those reasons, and the fans of Montreal and the fans all over the world will get to see this extraordinary match with two of the greatest WWF superstars in history. Vince, I'm going to put you on the hot seat now. Who's going to win? I don't know. Vince says it's important for this crowd to see this match between Sean and Brett. Vince says the fans will get to see the match. Well, he was right about that. Cole asks Vince who's going to win, and here's where Vince lies his to the ass world. Yeah. Lies his ass off. Straight into the camera. I don't know. <laughs> okay, Vince. Sure you don't. The nation. Uh, I mean, ha- technically, he doesn't know the f- who's going to win in any match. Right, so I mean, the right. question is stupid to begin with. Right. But. Like, I I wish he hadn't have even asked that question. But when you do ask that question, you got to give a better answer than that. Like, you know. The nation of domination is out next. Farouk, D'Lo, The Rock, and Kama Mustafa. They're going to take on the Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom, Ken Shamrock, and Ahmed Johnson. I made a note here. Um, to me, it looked like Hulk was starting to seriously, his in-ring ability was starting to suffer due to his outside problems out of the ring he was having. Oh, I didn't notice anything different. He just no-sell. Well, there just was no-sell everything. Well, I mean, it was more or less once The Rock get, got tagged in and his quick little, you know, it was more or less let's just get him out of the way because, you know, he was missing cues. He was missing. 
And it was slight stuff that if you're not in the business, you really wouldn't have caught. So, yes, LOD is teaming up with Ken Shamrock and Ahmed Johnson, who tried unsuccessfully to join the Nation of Domination. Actually, he was successful. He joined, but then he got injured. And lucky lucky for us, Rocky Maivia basically got his spot in the Nation of Domination. So, here we go. Shamrock, they have a quick interview with them, and Shamrock says, it's time to knuckle up. And then he says, he gets this do animals line. He says, tell them, Hawk. And then Hawk says, they're going to get get rid of the riffraff. He hopes, he hopes the nation of domination doesn't drown in their own blood. Oh, what a rush. Oh, a rush. The ring announcer tonight that you don't like is Albert DeFruzia. So there you go. Yeah, I didn't know how to pronounce his name either, really and truly, when he said it. I'm probably still doing it wrong, so it's okay. Ken We're Shamrock, sorry if you're out there listening. Ken Shamrock gets a big pop from the crowd. He's over here. I guess they love UFC in Canada back in the back in the day. So he comes out, even though he's supposed to be the bad guy, basically, American. He gets a big pop from the crowd. Well, these are the faces, anyway. Right. Ahmed Johnson slowly trots to the ring. He's soaking wet. <laughs> Covered in sweat and water already. Hasn't even done anything. And then the LOD are out next and get a huge reaction, as always. Hawk is going to start off against D'Lo Brown. Hawk no-sells shoulder blocks. And he no-sells a clothesline from D'Lo. Well, see, it was, he stumbled, it was supposed to be a double clothesline. They both go down. And it was a stutter step with Hawk, at which point in time D'Lo makes the tag to Rock. Rock gets in throws some punches, or, I mean, catches some of the punches. Uh, There was a stutter step between Rock and and Hawk, at which point in time Rock takes over and Rock says, you know, hey, shoot me off. He does. He comes in, catches him for rock bottom, and they got Hawk out of the way. Yeah, Hawk got to go out drinking. So, I mean, really and truly, to my knowledge, since there was so much of kind of stutter steps, I was thinking, because Hawk was way too much of a pro to to be having these many miscues. So, in my in my opinion, I was not there. Don't know. Maybe his his alcohol and stuff was was catching up with him and affecting his in ring ability by well, this point in time. As much as Hawk, as much as the Legion of Doom always wants to 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 be over. I, I am surprised that he's the first one eliminated. I probably would have had Ahmed Johnson eliminated first for the faces. But, right. But I think he was just no-selling like normal. I didn't really see anything different. So the nation goes up 4-3 to three after Hawk gets rock-bottomed out of his shoes. Ahmed Johnson comes into the ring now. He hits a reverse elbow on Rock, and then Kama Mustafa, the fighting machine, tags in. Kama clotheslines Ahmed Johnson and then tags in Ron Simmons for Rook. Farouk comes in, hits a backbreaker on Ahmed. Ahmed is so big. Ahmed Johnson is so fat that Farouk nearly... Ron Simmons can't even pick this man up. He nearly drops him on a backbreaker attempt. So, Ron Ron Simmons covered it pretty well. Ron Simmons is a big man, too. Yeah. I mean... Farouk whips him into the corner with the nation, who has a belt all of a sudden, like a regular pant belt, and they beat the shit out of Ahmed Johnson yeah, in the corner. Yeah, a leather strap, and they are whipping the hell out of him. Farouk tries for a dominator, the second most uh, countered finishing move in wrestling, and Ahmed Johnson does exactly that. Counters it, hits the Pearl River plunge for the three, and now both teams are tied at three apiece. 
D'Lo uh, Brown gets in the ring to replace Farouk. D'Lo hits the low-down frog splash on Ahmed Johnson for a two-count. Ahmed hits a front-facing brain buster on D'Lo, who then tags in the Rock. Farouk grabs Ahmed's leg and holds him down so Rock can get the three. Nice of Farouk to do that for the Rock. Shame how he gets treated later on in the storyline. Three to two, the Nation of Domination now have the advantage against Animal and Shamrock are the only two left for the faces. Farouk and Ahmed, well, they're going to brawl to the back. Ahmed and Kama, they pair off for a while. They exchange strikes and kicks and very few wrestling moves. Then Animal rolls up Kama for a three, who was fist bumping and posing with the rock. He distracted himself. A very rare distraction. It's rare that you just distract yourself, that no one came out to distract you. He gets rolled up by Animal. So now it's two on two, D'Lo and The Rock versus Animal and Shamrock. Shamrock tags in, takes on D'Lo. Shamrock hits a clothesline. D'Lo holds Shamrock's legs apart so Rock can come up and low blow him. A nice double team low blow. Spread his legs in the... He just punched him, right? Right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. D'Lo covers Shamrock for a two count. And then snapmares Shamrock into a headlock. D'Lo hits a running knee... And then chokes him on the mat several times, but always breaks before the five. We get a backbreaker on Shamrock from D'Lo. He tries for a springboard moonsault off the second rope. I didn't know D'Lo could do that. I didn't either. It was really cool the way he, he went to the apron and then just leaped over the top rope to off the second rope also as well. Mm-hmm. It was impressive. But Shamrock rolls out of the way. D'Lo tags in the rock. And Shamrock tags Animal in. Animal drop kicks both of them. Then the New Age Outlaws come out to distract Animal, who gets powder thrown in his eyes. The New Age Outlaws watched WrestleMania 9. They know the trick. They throw powder. Or maybe they watched WCW Uncensored 96 and realized the power of powder. They throw it in Animal's eyes, and Animal gets counted out because he's blind. Well, this is when they were feuding. The New Age Outlaws were feuding with... Uh, with LOD and so they stole their shoulder pads and they had their faces painted up like them. It was a uh, I think that was a good way of, of kind of getting rid of animal and keeping that that rivalry alive. Well they well yeah. I mean but long term it, it killed new uh, it killed LOD in the long run because it, they yes. lost every single match against the Outlaws. Right. And then they got their heads shaved at one point. Oh in time yeah, that was bad. Wall. Yeah, uh, they shaved the the mohawks. Yes, very bad stuff. So now it's two on one: The Rock and D'Lo versus Ken Shamrock. D'Lo and Rock argue about who's going to start versus Ken Shamrock, and D'Lo decides, "Hey, I'll do it. He's only the world's most dangerous man. What I, what do I have to lose?" And The Rock won't tag in to fight Shamrock at first, but eventually D'Lo says, "Okay, why don't you have a shot at this?" So Shamrock clotheslines Rock over the top rope, and then he gets D'Lo caught in the ankle lock, and D'Lo taps out despite not being the legal man in this match. And he gets eliminated yeah, for that, and the too. Ref counts yeah, it. the ref counts it. That's what was interesting. The Rock, in the meantime, went and grabbed a chair, hit Shamrock uh, on the back behind Tim White's back, but Shamrock kicks out at one and a half after a chair shot. Rock stomps a mud hole on Shamrock in the corner, then Rock hits his float over DDT for a two count. Then we get the people's elbow for a two count. Shamrock looking very strong here. Shamrock hulks up, hits a Northern Lights suplex on the Rock. Shamrock hits a Hurricane Rana on Rock. And then Shamrock gets Rock in the ankle lock. 
And Shamrock is the sole survivor in 20 minutes, 28 seconds. A preview of King of the Ring 1998 between the two finalists here. Why did Shamrock not get a title run? Well, he got a title shot next month at Degeneration X in your house. He did, but he never got a title run. I thought Ken Shamrock, I mean, he was riding, he's another one, riding waves of momentum for a year to a year and a half. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, he was never that great on the microphone. Right, yeah, that's true. But there's been a lot, I mean, the great Kali's been a world champion. So. That's, see, yeah. This is one of the few people from the Attitude Era that I actually think, well, they probably could have held the, held the belt. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people from, like, you know, the Hulkamania era, like Mr. Perfect or, like, Jake the Snake. Roddy Popper. Roddy Piper. There's, like, tons of people from that. But from this era, there's only a few that I would probably say Owen and Ken Shamrock are the only two that, especially after this, what happens later tonight, Owen Owen would be should have been the hottest guy in the company, right? And they mm-hmm. they thought about it because right. at, at Degeneration X next month, after Shamrock loses his title match, Owen runs out and interferes, and so you think the next program is going to be Owen and HBK. But they made the right decision and and went with Austin for, you know, getting the big build to WrestleMania. Right. But they had a they had a mo- Owen had a moment where he could have been the top guy in the company. A very very small window of opportunity, but. What did you think of this match, Patrick? Uh, it was it was good. It was a, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it was a six or a seven out of ten. <laughs> yeah, it, I think uh, twenty minutes, twenty eight seconds kind of sucks because it was a little long. Yeah, uh, the matches, I mean, the two main, the co main events, I would call them, don't last that long, and they're much better matches. Mm-hmm. It's a record attendance for tonight for the Survivor Series. No one's ever seen. Survivor Series, you know, in this kind of a crowd, 20,593. So that would probably be broken like next year. So this is, this shows you how wrestling is growing at this time. The DX Titantron plays, and I'm like, what is this talking about? Why are we watching this music video? I was thinking the same thing because it played a while. Yeah. It played a good like minute and a half. And you're sitting there thinking, is somebody coming out? Because you didn't have the excerpts of. Somebody on the entryway or something like that, and then it, it shows. Hey, it just says, "Oh, next in month. your house, D Generation X," and and I was like, "What?" And then you you get an explanation from Jr. afterwards that that's their next pay per view. Yes, Jr. and Lawler are ready to tease the next match. They mentioned they've both taken Stone Cold Stunners. I don't remember Jr. receiving a stole a Stone Cold Stunner, but I he did. He was asking about the neck, and it just. Oh, I see. Yeah. It, it drove him over the edge. Right. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> over the edge and Owen Hart in the same sentence. But, uh, mm, yeah. Lawler talks about how Owen will break Austin's neck tonight. That's a hell of a stipulation on a match. Break, <laughs> I break your neck match. We get a recap, a babyface recap, basically, telling you how tough Stone Cold Steve Austin is, how he won King of the Ring after getting stitches, how he fights on one leg, how he shoots the 8x10 of Owen Hart with his bow and arrow because he's so damn mad he broke his neck. I love that, actually. That was a good little spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember the cover of the magazine. One th- it was a picture of Owen Hart with the arrow in his head, I think, like one time. It was funny. Yeah. yeah. And then it briefly shows Owen with the Owen 316 shirt on and stuff. 
Austin is out first, and his entrance doesn't go quite according to plan. <laughs> he gets a pretty good pop, and then you see, oh, they're going to do the old King of the Ring thing. They've got the Austin 316 in the glass. Yeah, you've got the big the big skull head in the, uh, in the glass, and... All of a sudden, it shatters only on one side. <laughs> it only. This is why this isn't ever shown in the highlights of Stone Cold Steve Austin. They showed WrestleMania 13, you know, with the same thing, and the whole thing shatters. But this one, it shatters, but only one half. Yeah, and he looks really pissed off when he has to walk out half of his broken glass. Yeah, Austin, you know, he's since he's in Canada, he's supposed to play heel, so he kind of plays up being a heely. Jaws with the crowd, flips him off, does that kind of stuff. Then Owen is out next, and he brings out Team Canada with him. He brings out those losers with him. Bulldog carries Owen slammies. Owen looks like a million bucks here. He really does. I was I actually, I've got a note here saying that. Uh, he's got I the wish, Canadian flag over his shoulder. Yeah, he's th- got the IC belt. This guy looks. Yeah. I was I was really thinking. I was like, man, he should he should have the title on him right now. Really and truly, that was the perfect time, the perfect look. Yeah. So yeah, he's got the Canadian flag. They they zoom out and show a wide shot of the crowd, and you see his Titantron playing on the. Uh, the screen and the only thing on his titantron is him breaking austin's neck. yeah nice yeah, touch just the pile driver it's just on loop it was it was in reverse and then playing then in reverse and then playing it was oh man that would piss me off so bad owen's in his owen 316 shirt that you got for me a few years ago i was actually wearing that not too long ago so thank you for that you're welcome a very rare item these days that is hard to find actually yeah we get owen chance uh, from this crowd, they are hot for Owen Hart, while Austin is on the corner flipping them off. So <laughs> he's in a weird position here. Oh, Jr. mentions that Austin has signed a waiver tonight, so that if he breaks his neck, the WWF isn't liable. This is the same stipulation that China had at WrestleMania X7. So look, that's a bad deal to sign. They should be liable if you break your neck in the ring. I'm sorry. Yeah, the lawyer is going to have a word with them after the show. Owen is hesitant to get in the ring. He huddles with Team Canada for a minute, discusses his strategy. Then he sneaks he sneaks under the ropes, and he tosses his shirt at Austin, and Austin grabs it and rips it up. Oh, I'm not. I hate your shirt. Yeah. Then Neidhart sneak attacks. From behind. From behind. He runs around the ring and tries to jump Austin. Austin but- turns. Austin hits a stunner, and Neidhart does not know how to sell it. Yes. But it was uh it was impressive. But that allows Owen to get the jump here and start throwing strikes on Austin. Austin returns a favor, just lots and lots of punching. Austin still hasn't taken his vest off. He wrestles the first half of this match in his vest still. Owen immediately tries for a pile driver, but Austin back body drops him. Not tonight, pal. Owen throws Austin's bum knee into the ring post. Then Austin in return kicks him in the nose, which is Pain. Owen had a big nose. That probably hurt pretty badly. <laughs> Owen decides, you know what? I'm just going to leave. I've got the champion's advantage. I think I'm going to get counted out instead. So he starts walking down the ramp. But Austin, he takes off his vest and he runs him down. No, he's going to win win this the right way. And they, do, they don't get the uh, Steve Blackman 10 count either. They get plenty of time to get back. To this, I really, this was like a 30 count, honestly. Uh, yeah. But Austin does try his best to get him back to the ring pretty quickly. But they walk and brawl back to the ring. They fight in front of the French announce table where Owen low blows Austin. 
Oh, and then throws Austin into the broken, already broken from mankind, Spanish announce table, which is something they don't do enough of these days, I think. Like, just throw him in the garbage on the ground. So then Owen wraps the camera cables around. You won't see this anymore either. He wraps the camera cables around Austin's neck and wants, and tells the ref, disqualify me. Yeah. Now, if someone asks you, Patrick, I think you should oblige, you know? I mean... <laughs> If they say, hey, I'm cheating, I'm doing yeah. something wrong, that's a very nice, that's a face thing to do, yeah. actually. Yeah. So what would you do in his position? Because this ref let him keep going. I would have called it. I mean, yeah, he says, I warned you. you he's breaking you know. the rules. Uh, and, and that's all that Owen at this point in time was wanting to use the champion's advantage and get disqualified yeah. to keep the title. Now, the ref, was, uh, yeah, the ref is going to let this go, Patrick. He is. And Owen says, you know what? No. I'm going to go over and ring the bell on myself and end this match. That's something enough people don't do either. Just ring the bell yourself. Just end the match. Yeah. But that doesn't count, apparently. It has to be the timekeeper that does that, as we'll find out later tonight. Owen stomps a mud (laughs) hole on Austin in the corner of the ring. Then Austin returns the favor and stomps a mud hole into Owen. Austin tries the sidewalk slam. Owen reverses out of it. And then Austin hits the Stone Cold Stunner and gets the win. In the official time of four minutes and three seconds, we get a new Intercontinental Champion. LaFon goes in, gets a stunner. Furnace goes in, gets a stunner. And then the crowd cheers for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, yeah. they finally, they have respect for this guy. He did. He won pretty fair and square, so the crowd now pops for Stone Cold Steve Austin. The the rise of Stone Cold is well underway at this point. So, what'd you think of this match? I I love this match. Yeah, I really like this match. This, too. to my opinion, without controversial in the main event, this was match of the night. Oh yeah, it's fast paced too. Yeah, but it feels like a a blood feud. I it mean, feels it, like. And I was gonna. I was also gonna. You know, specify. You've had great moments in Owen Hart's legendary career. Uh, this, to my opinion, is Owen's big moment. This was Owen's big number one spot. With uh, with. Well, WrestleMania ten would probably be. Well, I mean, but this is the one that most people remember. You know, Owen three sixteen says, "I just broke your neck." It's you know it's one of my personal favorites actually. Yeah, this is so, a great match. I don't think I've ever, I had ever watched this match through. So yeah. this was very good, very very good. You know, it just goes to show you too. You don't have to have a technical match to have a great match. You can just have a brawl that's quick that that seems realistic. You know that mm-hmm. that still achieves the same things. You know, you don't have to go twenty five minutes or whatever. Right. So then we get the the famous WWF attitude promo where everybody talks about, oh, you know, I've been wrestling since the tenth grade, and you know, I played football. My numbers are tired, and I broke my neck, and. Those great WWF Attitude promos, which this particular one ends on Bret Hart <laughs> in uh, yes. a cruel twist of fate, so to speak, because he would not be around for the rest of the Attitude Era. This, unfortunately, would be the possibly be the end of, of Bret and WWE. They play the opening recap again which goes over this Brett and Sean feud. And then Sean is going to get the Goldberg intro because he's surrounded by DX walking backstage, which at this point is Rick Rude, China, and Hunter, who is injured during this time. So they're all going to walk him past the gorilla position. I couldn't hear the first part of it, but I hear Triple H say, is that camera on? And Sean goes, well, the red light's on, so I'm assuming it's on. And then just immediately jumps into, like, asshole character. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's chewing bubble gum. Yeah, exactly. 
And also, what's funny too, they didn't. Sean turns around, and he's like, "I don't know where to go." Yeah. Like at one point, he had to break because he was like, he was leading the pack, yeah. and he doesn't know where to go. I don't know so, where to go. Where do we go? <laughs> yeah. So they do make it to the ring. The camera actually follows them past the gorilla position and everything. But once he comes out, DX does stay backstage. Yeah, they did. And so, well, you think, oh, they'll be running back out later tonight. So. Mm-hmm. He's the European champion. And, oh, yeah, he just does a great heel entrance here. He's <laughs> chewing his bubble gum. He's got his nose up in the air. And one fan has a Canadian flag. Well, oh, yeah, he steals a Canadian he flag. He literally rips it out of this fan's hands. Oh, yeah, he gets that, and you're like, well, I wonder what he's got in store for that. Oh, we'll see in a minute. <laughs> he, But some other fan, a very a true Canadian, <laughs> dumps soda all over. Full, like, we're talking about a full large Coke and yeah. just chucks it and, and smacks him it. right in the face. And Sean just keeps on chewing the gum. He doesn't give a fuck <laughs> about that soda. Then he gets in the ring. And now what he does to the flag here is, is, is disrespectful oh, beyond yeah. belief. Jer- a few years ago, Jericho one time like just threw, they were in Brazil or something, and he just threw a Brazilian flag out of the ring and got like suspended for it. Yeah. And I mean, if that were the case, Sean would be Sean cut. would be fired yeah, at what, this point What time. he does <laughs> in the ring to this flag. Okay. So he get, he snatches that Canadian flag. He goes into the ring. He unfolds it first so we get a good look at it. And then he takes it like a towel and rubs it under his crotch like he's getting it. He just got out of the shower and he needs to dry off down there. Oh, but that's not the worst part. Then he brings it up to his nose. This has just been near his crotch region. And he blows snot into it. Oh, that's not enough, Patrick. Then he picks his nose with it. He stuffs the flag up his nose. Then to beat all. Oh, this is, yeah. Well, this is the second. There's one thing that's off camera that... That happens during Brett's entrance, I guess. But this is this is the worst thing he does on camera. So then he, as if that stuff wasn't bad enough, <laughs> he unfolds it and he lays sets it, it on the ground. Okay, flat, good. Lays nice. it out good and flat, and Man. then proceeds to hump the shit out of it. Yes, he hops down and humps the Canadian flag. Yes, in the ring, yes. and then oh, he's not done yet, Patrick. He also stuffs it inside his pants because <laughs> the camera cuts away. You don't see him stuffing it in there. Yeah, you but see him you taking see him pulling it back out. Yes. And yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. What a patriot. And then just throws it out to the fans like, you know what? Screw you. Right. <laughs> I don't need this anymore. Uh, I could he couldn't do well, he could do much. I guess he could have gone a little bit further, but <laughs> man. <laughs> Nowadays, like, that would start a riot, really and truly. Yeah, at least Canadians are pretty mild-mannered. Right. You know, I mean... You know, now, oh, like, boy. with Jericho and, and that in Brazil, you know, that... they kind of, Or imagine, I don't know, coming, like, taking... Being in a real... Like, being in Mississippi and, like, grabbing the Confederate flag or something. You right. Know, or just, like, just something... The wrong crowd could react very badly to this. Yes. So this was... But at the time, whatever... They, you know, I just—it's unbelievable. It's could, un- you will never see this again done oh, to yeah. a country's flag on a, on a major promotion. Definitely, I don't even think you would see it happen in an indie promotion. Truthfully, because nobody's stupid enough to really go this far. Yeah. So Brett, he's also going to get the Goldberg entrance. He's going to be flanked by British Bulldog, Jim the Anvil Nineheart, and his son is carrying the Canadian flag as they walk towards 
the gorilla position, but then when Brett emerges from the tunnel, he is now carrying the flag. Bulldog and Anvil and his son have all stayed behind. So now it's it's mano y mano here. It's just going to be Brett and Sean. Now I looked out into the crowd here, and here's looking back at it now. You know, now you could look at the signs in the crowd and be like, "Oh, something's up here," because I see there's a "Thanks for the Memories" Brett sign in the crowd. There's mm-hmm. a "Please Stay" Brett sign in the crowd. There's a th- he should have taken this sign's advice. It said, "Why wait? Leave now." <laughs> sign. And then they had a pro WWF shirt that said Brett the Sellout Heart. So some people not taking his leaving too kindly. Brett gets in the ring and stares down HBK, who's outside the ring, as he kisses his belt goodbye. Basically. And he hands yeah. it to Earl Hebner, and HBK stays outside of the ring. Sean sneaks into the ring and starts and sneak attacks Brett with strikes, but then Brett levels him with strikes and a headbutt. He clotheslines so That sh- headbutt was, um, let's specify here, that he laid that headbutt in to the point that it really hurt Brett, truthfully. Then he clotheslines Sean over the ropes. The bell has not rung yet. So they're outside the ring now, exchanging strikes, and Brett chucks Sean into the turnbuckle post. The bell still hasn't rung. Brett, sh- Brett throws Sean into the crowd, and now... Every ref from the backstage area now are in the crowd, having well, to hold the crowd back. Let's specify here for a second. Had this not been Canada, and this man just did this to your flag, <laughs> and you were then thrown out amongst them, somebody's getting stabbed or something. That was a great idea by yeah. on Brett's part. Right. So then they throw Brett throws Sean back over onto the mats, and now Vince McMahon and Sergeant Slaughter are here at ringside. Wonder why they're here. It's odd that they want to see this match so up close and personal. JR mentions on commentary there's speculation about Brett's future and that if he loses tonight, he will retire, basically, is what JR spends it as. Sean throws Brett's head into the steel steps. Then Sean gets the American flag, but instead of humping it, he takes it and chokes Bret Hart with it. So there you go. There's a good use of a flag. Then Sean throws Bret into the crowd now and tries to get a pile driver out in the crowd onto Bret, but Bret backdrops him back onto the mats. Now Gerald Briscoe is outside. Wow, there's a lot of people showing up for this. Bret low blows. Pat Patterson as well. Yeah, Bret low blows Shawn Michaels. And they brawl down the ramp now. And Brett back body drops Sean onto the concrete, who does a good job landing mostly on his feet. Then he vertical suplexes Sean onto the concrete, and he does land on his back. Here, Sean really bumping around great for Brett, though. Yeah, I mean he is performing at a high level, knowing what he knows is going to happen in this match. So. Right. Sean hits yeah Pat Patterson for trying to break them up. Yeah, Pat Patterson getting a pay per view payday here. <laughs> Photographers are all around. This is back when they used to allow photographers ringside. So now there are photographers. There's refs everywhere. This is madness. This looks like a real fight. Yeah, it really. And to some people, speculate speculations obviously run around this match. Uh, some people speculate that truthfully, this is where this wasn't supposed to happen. But you know, which is what caused such a melee with everyone coming out. I don't know, but you know. Brett throws Sean into Tim White. Poor Tim White. (laughs) Can't catch a break, this guy. (laughs) So he takes a ref bump off the barriers. And then he throws Sean behind the stage, off to the side, grabs a fire extinguisher, and is now going to beat Sean with a fire extinguisher for a couple of hits. Now they're fighting in the entryway tunnel. 
And then Jack Doan takes the rough bumps. All the roughs are taking rough bumps tonight. <laughs> Vince is on cameras begging Brett, get back to the ring, Brett. Get back to the ring. And Brett, being a good employee, complies and mm-hmm. drags Sean back to the ring. Then Brett grabs the Quebec flag and chokes Michaels with it after the bell rings. Ding, 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 DQ. The match is over. I don't think Earl was going to. I know. Yeah. I know. But I agree with you. That should have been, you know, DQ. The match had then started. They throw the flag out, then a leg drop to the back of Sean's head, an inverted atomic drop, and then HBK recovers, gets a huge flying forearm, and kips up. And then he punts Brett right in the face. This was ugly. Like a Randy Orton punt, but direct... He takes Direct. one step back and measures and just punts him right in the nose. Sean hits a big stomp on Brett and then gets the Quebec flag again and chokes Brett with it. So Brett's going to get two flag chokes tonight, basically. Brett somehow busted his knuckles somewhere along the way because now his hand is bleeding. That was across Sean's head. <laughs> Michaels hits an elbow on Brett, and then he jaws with the crowd. He's got a the crowd really hating Sean Michaels here, and he jaws with them. Then Brett recovers. They fight outside again. And Sean suplexes Brett face first onto the steps. Sean attacks Brett with the flagpole and hits him in the throat with it. They should have been counted out a long time ago. Yes. But the ref lets this one go as well, Patrick. We, there must be a winner. Brett gets rolled into the ring, and Sean Michaels hits an axe handle smash off the top rope. Then Sean locks in a front face lock, and Vince could have called the match here. He could have had Earl ring for the... This would have been, to me, this would have been worse, losing in a front face lock than losing in the sharpshooter. The The sharpshooter was bad, but the front... No one loses in front face locks. Yeah. So that... This This would have been just a slap in the face even This would have been even worse, yeah. yeah. But Brett fights out of it, lucky for him, and he attacks Sean's knees. Gotta wear those legs out, get him... Get him softened up. Sean hits a body slam on Brett and goes upstairs for a flying crossbody, but Brett rolls through it and covers for a two count. Brett ties HBK up in the ring post for a ring post figure four, which is one of my favorite Brett Hart moves. I love the ring post figure four. And not a lot of people do it even nowadays. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And Sean, he sells it so well. His face is just, ah, ah, like, just, he's still got his chewing gum in, by he the does, way. He does, yes. He's not going to. His chewing s- gum was in, that, in his mouth the whole match. Brett drags him to the center of the ring and continues working on the legs for the sharpshooter. Brett ties him up for a figure four, though, in the middle of the ring instead of the sharpshooter. Brett is sure to keep his shoulders from being on the mat. This is something that he's made a point of mentioning in all these documentaries. Mm -hmm. He made it a point to make sure his shoulders were not on the mat. Sean is still chewing the gum, and the ref says, What? Earl says, What do you say, Sean? And Sean says, Oh, no, no, Sean is not going to give up. Sean reverses it, but Brett gets a quick rope break. Smart move. Then Brett throws some strikes at Sean in the corner. He whips Sean to the other corner, and uh, Sean does his flare flip out of the turnbuckle. Brett hits a headbutt to the groin of Sean Michaels. The ref lets that go. Then a snap suplex and a cover for a two count on Sean. Then a backbreaker, and then Brett goes up to the top rope. Sean pulls Earl Hebner in front of what appeared to be a, an axe handle smash attempt from Brett to Sean. Mm-hmm. But then Earl takes a ref bump and HBK takes a bump. Sean eventually recovers, locks Brett into the sharpshooter. Yeah. Locks it up, steps over, looks at Earl, says, now. Earl calls for the bell. At the same time. Earl says, ring the bell. 
at the same time, Vince was over there saying the exact same thing, and uh, the rest is and controversial it, well, history. It look, well, it looked like to me like Brett tapped out. And uh, Sean wins the match cleanly without controversy in 1219. <laughs> a good win, a fair win. The feud is over. Brett is retired, and everybody can go home happy. That's what I saw. Yeah, no. Uh, Brett walks over. Looks at Vince, says this is bullshit, and spits right in Vince's face. Yes. And uh, and and a good sell by by Sean to play it off. Uh, he was not happy either. He he was then rushed out by Gerald Briscoe to the locker room, and uh, at this point in time, Brett, who was angry, I would agree. Uh, well, this is proceeds where to smash stuff. Well, this version of the pay per view cuts all that out. Yeah. Uh, after you see Sean leave, it just pans up to the sign, and Jr. says, "Have a good night." Yeah. But yeah, Brett proceeded to destroy all the uh, monitors, the ring area. Yeah, he was mad. Yeah, the timekeeper area. Uh, the Heart Foundation comes out to calm him down. DX came out to escort Sean out too. Hunter yeah, came out to rescue yeah. Sean. Um, we find out throughout. He do- spells out WCW with his hands. Yeah, with uh, with con- you know we find out throughout the years. Um, they rush Sean backstage into the locker room, and he sits there between Undertaker and uh, DOA as a safety net that uh, to prevent things, anything to happening to to, to Sean. And uh, uh, well, Vince walks in there, explains his side of it, and takes a punch from Bret Hart, and uh, and really messed up his eye, quite, you know, quite a bit, and. Uh, as he takes it, he rolls his ankle and completely fractures, if not breaks, his uh, his his ankle. And um, uh, it's and you find out more of all that on the wrestling with shadows, more or less. Oh yeah, Brett's wife backstage gives she's Triple rip, H an earful. She's ripping Hunter an earful, and um, yeah, it, it's it's. Uh, and now Hunter runs the company. So did did okay. Here's my question: Being put in that position, did you did you agree with it, and would you have done the same thing? Yes or no? Well, looking back at it, in Vince's position, I mean. Well, you know, Brett's argument in wrestling with shadows is that he had some degree of creative control over his character. Now, if that's actually in his contract, I mean, I didn't see... He doesn't show us the wording in his contract. Right, right. The contract that he was on before, I guess. The one that was running out or whatever. If that's true, then yes, Vince is in breach of contract because if you have the degree of creative control, like in 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 Hogan and WCW, I can't bitch too much about what Hogan did in WCW because his contract said he could. Right. And so if Brett said to Vince, I don't want to lose in Canada, well, then honor the contract and and go you know go along with it now if that wasn't there or if that was just something that brett was always told you know i see it from both sides really but is if i'm the promoter yeah i mean you're gonna lose the belt bro i mean yeah you're not you're not walking out of my company without a contract and being my champion there's no i'm just not so uh i side with vince brett should have done business i don't care if it you know if it's the guy you don't like i i see brett's side of well it's my home it's my home country and yeah yada yada but 
plain and simple, Brett should have done business. And he didn't want to, and they made him. Plain and simple. I mean, there's no other way to explain That belt it. was not going home with you that night, no that, matter what. No so. matter what. And if you weren't willing to understand that, plain and, you know, if you weren't willing to understand that as a key note, then... If you know your competition is getting one of your top guys, you don't want to send him out on a high note either. You don't want them no. to have, be like, "Oh, he's the." Well, he said. He said. I mean, he's, he's the unbeatable. He was champion. willing to come. He was willing to come out the next night yeah. without contract on Raw and relinquish the title. Well, who's to say he doesn't walk to Nitro overnight and walk out on Nitro with the title? Now, obviously, that didn't happen, but I'm just saying, who's what was him to what was there to prevent him from doing that? And that would have sunk. That would have sunk WWE. Well, no, it's not only that. You have to weaken him before you send before you let your competition have him. Yeah, because he's a he's the top guy. You can't. It was sort of like when WCW screwed up and let Ric Flair go, and he had the belt. You know, yeah. back in the early '90s. Or yeah, '92. They yeah. fucked up. Yeah, they should have beat him. I agree. Before he left with the belt, I agree. You can't have that happen. <laughs> you know, you just can't have that happen. So, and at that point in time, it really it suffered the NWA, which then Turner got involved and it became WCW. Uh, yeah, you can't. Vince was right, and this spun out the Mr. McMahon character. Oh, it could have helped both promotions. It could have helped WCW, too, because now they've got... Either way, WCW was going to... I mean, getting Bret Hart was a huge win for them. And yeah. whether, or not he ha- whether or not he won or lost this match, he was still going to be... Get a hero's welcome. He's Bret the Hitman Hart. Yeah, I agree. So both companies could have benefited from this, and only WWF knew how to take advantage of it. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. But this, but the Mr. McMahon character had actually been building since before WrestleMania 13 when, when Brett started with the, this is bullshit every time I get screwed. So this Mr. McMahon character had actually been in development for a while, even though most people consider the Brett screwed Brett thing the birth of Mr. McMahon. But right. it had been going on before that. So this is just the, the crowning, the dawning of the Mr. McMahon era. So, and my next question is, did Brett screw Brett, or did <laughs> did Sean? Or I mean, did uh, Vince screw Brett? Vince overall, Vince screwed Brett because Vince he said Brett. I can't pay you anymore. Well, I mean, I he agree. said I'm not going to pay you what I agreed but overall, to pay. You. Overall, realistically, Vince screwed Brett because he didn't. He was not going to let him leave that night with the title. I agree. There should have been a better way of going about it. But if if it we weren't there, we don't know. But if Brett did not want to do business which is how we pretty much call it if brett didn't want to do business i'm for vince and sean doing it and you know and and really sean's got caught so much crap over this and all he did was just what the boss told him to do exactly well that overall that coming into tonight that's the point i wanted to make if your boss tells you to do something you do it. you do it it doesn't matter what that's the guy that's giving you the opportunity to work and do what you love within within the bounds of legal like i mean if your boss tells you to deal some cocaine or something right. that's no, different but, but i mean 
But yeah, if your boss just says, you know, there's winners and losers in wrestling tonight, you're going to be a loser. You're going to be a fucking loser, pal. Yeah. I mean, that's all. That, that's it. You yeah. Know? Vince shouldn't have ever given him the impression that he was along for the ride, but then I guess maybe Brett wouldn't have wanted to even show up that night. So, right. yeah, Vince was in a tough spot, but the ultimate, but what it goes back to is Vince wanted out of the contract. So really, Vince is the bad guy in all of this because if you agree to a, but also at the same point, do what your boss says, but also if you're my boss and we've agreed to a contract, you're going to fucking pay me. Yeah. And there's no... There's no coming to me and saying, oh, I can't do it. Well, That's what's your done problem. is done. You that know? was your bad business move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should have thought about that <laughs> yeah. before. You know, I, I'm sure, you know, he has a mortgage. He has family. You know, I mean. Yeah. He didn't really need the money, but still, he, he had worked that deal and he should have. Uh, I agree. I see your side of it. Yeah. yeah. So overall, that's, it, you know, there. There are wrongs on both sides of it. I don't. I hate to sound like the the mediator or whatever, yeah. but the initial problem though is not honoring the contract. And then yes, but if your boss tells you to do something, I can do it. And, <laughs> I you know, I'm, uh, thousands of people have their opinions. If you if you worked at Bilo and you were bagging groceries and they said, "Oh, we'd <laughs> like you to bag some groceries on aisle seven. you said, "No, no, no. I only bag groceries on aisle four. Well, yeah. you're out of here, pal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's it. You do what I tell you to do. I'm your boss. Yeah. And so, uh, but a lot of people have their thoughts. A lot of people have their opinions. Oh, and you can listen and watch all about it and form your own. There's so yeah. there's hours. Form your own opinions. I mean, wrestling with shadows. Read, you know, the Sean, Bret Hart DVD, the Shawn, Shawn Michaels. Michaels DVD, the uh, the Survivor Series in and of itself. Uh, we we would love to hear your opinion. You know, after you hear this, put your opinion on Retro Wrestling Podcast, Facebook or Twitter. Uh, give us feedback. Let us know what you think about it. Let us know what your opinion is. As did you know? Was it right or was it wrong? And so. Uh, now, but, some things. Here's why I didn't want to do this pay per view because it's been talked about so much. Well, this finish, the Montreal screw job. Right. Um. Because it's been talked about so much, and also because they've done so many copycat finishes of this, so many screw See, jobs. See, the very next year was when they did the yeah, same the thing. Yeah, the Rock to, of Mankind. Right, and I agree. Yeah, it's been done. It's It's been done over and over and over again, and so... Just let it go. Let it go. Um, it waters down... Oh, I don't even want to say that. The It, it just... This match, this match is the most controversial moment in wrestling history, plain and simple. I hated to make that, you know, make that statement, but do you agree or disagree? Oh, easily. Okay. Easily by a mile. I mean, a lot of people disagree, but I didn't know your opinion on it, and so, uh, but yeah, the most talked about moment, I guess. Yeah. Not sure. Controversial, but pretty close to. So I, overall, though, this pay-per-view, not just the main event and the Austin match, looking at this pay-per-view overall, what would you give it on the rating scale? Of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez. Yes. Uh, I'm going to give it, he was in the, he was in the match. I'm going to give it a Kurgan. Uh, I enjoyed pretty much every bit of this. Everything told a story. Everything had a meaning. Everything, you know, rivalries played out through through the Survivor Series, you know, elimination matches. Uh, it, I enjoyed it. It was a great pay-per-view. And, you know, match of the night, 
not consist you know not including the 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 main event but match of the night i would say was stone cold and owen oh easily yes i'm going to give this one not a Kane, but an isaac yankum dds on the rating scale because yes i felt that the undercard outside of the austin match uh, was pretty dreadful uh they're okay you know yeah. they're a, they're a lot better than some survivor series matches but the talent involved with most of them eliminations they just they they lack well I, and i don't want to under i don't want to undersell the fact of of kane's first real in-ring match in him and mankind because that was a great match too oh yeah yeah that would be third that, best yeah yeah so uh yeah, so Isaac Yankum DDS for me because even though the undercard sucks, okay. So what I would tell you to do is watch the Mankind Kane match, the Austin match, and then the main event. You can skip the elimination matches. But overall, I mean, if you want to sit through the opening matches, go ahead because it's such a it's the most important survivor series to ever watch, so and one of the most historic pay-per-views of all time. Yeah, so for that it's it's a necessary view for any wrestling fan. All right, so this was my pick. This was my birthday pick. So now it is your pick. Yes. Where are you taking us? Well, without a doubt, this is wrestling in general's most controversial moment. And it's definitely the WWF's most controversial moment. So I'm going to drag us kicking and screaming back to WCW for what I think is their most controversial moment. January 4th, 1999, Nitro, from the Georgia Dome, the Finger Poke of Doom Nitro, back in the three-hour era of Nitros, also on the same night across the channel spectrum, there was a little guy named by the name of Mankind who was winning the belt on Raw, so we had two title changes that night. But we will just be focusing on WCW's offering. A big main event was advertised. Kevin Nash versus Goldberg, the rematch, was what was supposed to headline that show. We will see if they deliver. I have a feeling they're not. Yeah, I, I got a feeling it's not going to happen, but you never know. Yes, and we will see what else happened on that show, because other than that moment and when Tony Schiavone spoils the Raw, really don't talk about a lot else from that, that pay-per-view, right. so we will check that out. The January 4th, 1999 edition of Nitro from the Georgia Dome. Back to the Georgia Dome. Once we'll see again. how things have changed, yes. One year, almost, well, no, half a year later. Half a year Six later. Six months later from the Goldberg, the crowning moment, probably the WCW's highest moment, in the same building to their lowest and most controversial here at the <laughs> Finger Poke of Doom night at Nitro. But for this week, that'll do it for the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex. I am the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline. Bingo, bingo. Thanks. I remember telling Vince, I said, I'm not, I'm not putting him over. I don't care who it is. Not, not, not right now. I'm not, he doesn't have enough respect for me. And that was where it started, was about respect. And, I, and it was, we worked about three, four weeks later. And me and Vince had our own issues with our my contract, and they were, you know, weren't gonna they weren't gonna meet my contract anymore. And um, you know, so when he when he finally, basically pushed me out of the company and made me go to WCW, 
it was like the next day, and I felt I felt horrible the second I signed that contract. And I, when I think about it, even today, this day, it's like one of the darkest days of my life having to sign that contract for WCW. And he called me the next day, and he said, "Okay, now let's get back down to you're going to drop the belt to Sean Montreal." It's like I said, "I'm not dropping the belt to anybody." No, I'll drop the belt. I told him I said I would drop the belt to anybody in the company. Do you get lost in Montreal to anybody, or, anybody. Was, or was I told him I said anybody you want, I'll even drop the belt. Anywhere you want, but I'm not gonna the day that day in Montreal um, I will not drop the belt to Sean not in Montreal not in Canada and um, We we kind of harangued over it over the phone and then he called and say okay We're gonna figure it out figure out different ways out of it And then he called back a few days later and go we got to go back to the original you got to drop the belt to Sean And it's like I'm not I'm not budging on that. Okay, so when Vince tells you that Brett's going to WCW and that he's having issues with the with the creative for the match in right. Montreal. Now, are you engaging Vince in conversation on as ideas? Be, as, be, as best my recollection, it, it was you, know, you first hear the rumblings about that you know that that he's going, you know that then it, then then it was, uh, you know, you guys are are working uh, in Montreal, and then it, then it goes to you know he doesn't want to put you over. Uh, I'm still working on it. You know, I'm still gonna, you know, try to talk him into it. But we may have to go with a, you know, DQ or whatever. You know, yada yada yada. But but he doesn't want to do it. The majority of, of the conversations were with him because we, you know, I, you know, the, there wasn't a whole lot of need to talk to me other than, you know, an update on on what's going on. You're still doing this, still doing that. And again, at the time, you're not, you know, you're not, you know, we had, you know, a bunch of guys leave and go to other places. So it wasn't really a. It's not a huge deal yet. I assumed it was because of our past, like just directed to me. It's not like he's not dropping the belt at all. I didn't know. I didn't know his time frame when he was leaving and and stuff like that. So I mean, you know, I was then later on, you know, I don't know, like a week before, or two weeks before, whatever. Like, you know, what? Well, he wants to come back. You know, he wants to come back the next day and you know and, and hand up the belt. And that's when the whatever the infamous conversation. You know, with me and Hunter. Well, I mean, that, what, that that wasn't novel. You you'd handed the belt over three times, mm -hmm. titles, and yeah. then all he was looking to do, it sounds to me like, was well, was re relinquish the title. Well, and the thing is, I mean, and you can you can ask Hunter. I mean, oh. the, the one, the, the, but the person, I mean, I I didn't say that much. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I was just I was just like, all right, uh, you know, you know, I'll do whatever you, you want to do, and it was very you know silent, and then you know Hunter chimed in, you know. Now, I know that, that, I mean, and then that's, you know, that's sort of where, I mean, I'm not trying to throw Hunter under the bus, it's just, you know, he'll tell you, you know, it was, it was a very, it was sort of a conversation where, you know, Vince felt like he's in a corner, you know, I'm just sort of sitting there, nobody's saying anything, but you can't help but to feel like there's somebody, I think somebody in the room you know, even though, even though we were all in the moment, somebody in the room's waiting for someone. I don't think Vince felt like he could say that. Again, I could be wrong. You'd have to ask him. But it was one of those things that, again, and Hunter just, you know, you know, out of one end of the phone, like, F that. If he doesn't want to do business, we need to do business for him. 